What is going on out there? Hello, beautiful bell breakers. We are here again, right back at you because we promised we would be, even though if you want it or not, we promised, so we couldn't break our promise. So here we are. And never, never. Yep. Um, What's going on? What's going on with everyone? It is post Super Bowl, two days after Super Bowl. Yes. Do you feel different? Do you feel more or less? (laughs) It was a very uneventful Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I was. Um, I, I would say it's my top three worst Super Bowls yeah, I've ever yeah. seen. Um, like very little happened after yeah. like the first quarter, second right. quarter. Yeah, there was no miraculous comeback. Um, I was not impressed by Patrick Mahomes. Um, I was impressed by that one diving throw where he nailed his receiver right in the face. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From a full out dive, he was like yeah. like at a forty five degree angle, yeah. and, like ten and, f- ten foot dive, and he nailed the guy. And at that point, you could see on his face he when was, he missed it yep. that the game was over. He was defeated. Yeah. He had this there was nowhere to go. Absolutely defeated look on his yeah. face. After I I did notice and I texted you because we were in different spots. We we're not together all the time. <laughs> Believe it or not. Believe it or not. We work together, we podcast together, but we don't do absolutely everything together. That's right. So we weren't watching the Super Bowl together, but yes. we were Although texting. you left your razor in my shower. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, <laughs> I don't shave. <laughs> Not my face. Um, anyway, um, I texted you after the Chiefs scored their first field goal. Yeah. Um, that look on Brady's oh, face, yeah, I was right. like, oh, he's pissed. And yeah. it was just like almost immediately yeah. after that, that the the Bucks like freaking turned it on, oh, yeah. and they're like, no, no more. Sorry. But the whole fourth quarter, like Tom Brady looked bored. Like, he did. He just he, was I would, like, wouldn't you be bored? Yeah, this is yeah. A Super Bowl. Right, right. Yeah, he's like, this is this is it. I was <laughs> yeah. expecting more. Yeah, and it's know? like this. Uh, I I came to play. Right. Yeah. We could have our second string in right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm yeah. just kind of surprised they didn't put the second string in, but they're not gonna not pull Brady. They're not no, gonna pull no, Brady no. from Brady the, wouldn't allow it. No, There's no way. Absolutely, you know he's calling all the shots oh, on that yeah. team. Oh, absolutely. But I'm excited because with the Super Bowl over, that just means it's your time. Baseball it is your time starts. to shine. Finally, finally, you've been saying it for the last like month, and, and it's been more. It's been since October. <laughs> 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 as soon as October yes. playoffs end, it's, it's like counting down to yeah. uh, spring training. Yeah. And I am excited because today, supposedly, the Cardinals re-signed Yadier Molina, my Your favorite, boy. my boy, my favorite yeah. uh, player of all time, the catcher of the St. Louis Cardinals. Nice. Signed him like a. I think it was like a nine million one year deal or something like okay, that. Okay. So it was just a one year thing. But um I have a good feeling about the team this year because yeah. because he came back. Okay. The fact that he came back tells me he believes that they have a winning team this year. Okay. Because he was fi- he was fishing around for yeah. a, a good contract. And when they um um brought in that oh shit, I can't even think of his name. The guy from the Rockies. Right, right, right. They brought him in and he's like a platinum glove winner okay. and for the last four years in a row okay and it's really interesting do you know what the platinum glove award is i do not the golden glove is i know the golden glove is each position like the best player of each position okay. for I the year i didn't know what the platinum was. the platinum is they take all the golden gloves and nominate one overall oh, golden okay. glove winner all right gotcha platinum glove has only been awarded the last 10 years in a row Okay. Four of those have gone to Yadier Molina. Four of them have gone to this Rockies player. Oh, wow. So eight of the last ten have been between the two Cardinals players that they signed this month. So Very cool. I have faith yeah. that this year is going to be good. Okay. So I, 
I'm with you on that. And and supposedly they're not delaying the the start of spring That's training, awesome. so I'm really excited. I, I might have to sit and watch some games with you this yeah, year. My basement's all done. We're about to move back down to the basement, <laughs> and I'm going to have my baseball watching 2021 space. 2021 so is shaping is, up. <laughs> it is my year. It is my year. So it's going to be good. So. That's that's the world of sports. Yeah. Um, that's I mean I wish we had more time to talk about sports yeah, sometimes. But we got a lot of shit going on still. We do, we do, we absolutely do. Um, we got. I I don't know if you saw this is just I just want to mention a couple um, mentionings of the sure. news that's going on because we have one topic to talk about today, so we won't really get into too much All news. Right, no, I understand. But the one thing I I mentioned. I um, noticed this week was um, Hunter Biden released his book. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not. He released his memoirs, and um, they haven't said a lot about what's in it. But Biden, Joe Biden, came out on um, his pre-Super Bowl interview that they did. Yeah, and he was just talking about how he's so glad reading the book. He mentioned the book that um, his son is turning. It seems like this is a turning point for him. <laughs> so a, bu- a bunch of people are up in arms over. The fact that he seemingly could be promoting this book, like yeah. p- financially promoting his son's book right. because of his presidential position. They're like questioning the oh, ethics okay. of all that. Okay. So, huh. so some more questioning about um, Biden's issues. And I mean, it's it's natural for a father to tote their son's right. experiences yeah. but right. uh, and their accomplishments. But yeah. I get what they're saying, how right. they're like... Are you doing this for financial right. gain for your son? Because yeah. if you are, then that's that's a little iffy. No, but I agree. I'm sure Trump used all kinds of his oh, yeah. political clout to uh, yeah better his uh, business dealings that he I has. Was gonna too, say, so. I was going to say, does he have any member of his family, maybe Barron, that wasn't part of his political administration? Right, <laughs> right. and part running his company <laughs> some right. way at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's all it's all just a money grab. In did my you opinion. Uh, did you see the um, all the people that are pissed off at uh, Tom Brady for not wearing a mask after the Super Bowl. I did hear about that. It's like, dude, they've been sweating and breathing on each other, practically kissing <laughs> each other for the last three right. hours. And, and you're you're pissed off that, that he's accepting a, a trophy now without a mask. Did they say, like, he's a, somebody, I think you were reading me the article. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, he's a leader. He's supposed yeah, to set the right. example. And, and like, I can't even watch. I'm, I'm turning this off now. It's ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. now that you watch the entire yeah. Super Bowl, well, you're the, turn, it's over. I of know. course you're turning <laughs> yeah, it off. Right. I, well, I just watched three hours of this, but this is bullshit. I'm turning it <laughs> off. Well, the Tampa Bay mayor came out and said that we will we will do investigations into the players not wearing masks. Oh, God. Aren't they? Didn't they say something about they're gonna like like face track? Yeah, like some of the people there that weren't right. wearing masks and all that yeah. stupid shit. <laughs> God, I'm so sick of this shit. Yeah, you just ruined everything. I said 2021 <laughs> was great, and then you just ruined it. Just I'm like sorry, that. I had to pee in your Wheaties. <laughs> Ew. I don't eat Wheaties, first of all, but now I definitely won't because of that. So we have an interesting episode coming up because um, we came across this article, this Times article. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have seen it, but there's yeah. not a lot of people talking right. about this article. Which like, blows my mind. I Googled it, right. and there was only like the top four search results popped up this article. It wasn't uh-huh. like you normally you'd see like the whole like two first pages are what you're looking up. Right. No, that wasn't the case here. Huh. On Google, at least. I had to go to DuckDuckGo to find out some more information about it okay. because they'll actually allow some of this. Probably because right. there's a lot of negative press about this. Absolutely. And uh, the uh, name of this article in the Times that came out was... The history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. Yeah. 
Now, if you just put the history of the shadow campaign, you cross out the bottom line there, that sounds very much like conspiracy theory talk. A little bit, a little bit. Like the stuff that they were kicking people off Facebook for. Yeah. A week or so ago. And, and I think uh, we cu- we did a show where we said that there was going to be some shenanigans like this. Mm. And uh, and we even said that, well, this may be a little far-fetched. Yeah. But reading this... It's not so far-fetched. It's not far-fetched. And like I told, I was saying to you, I was like, if someone were to take this and the names and the organizations associated with it mm. and take it to the Supreme Court and be like, see? Here it is. Here it is. And they probably <laughs> this is the evidence. They oh, probably they probably would. It. They'd be like, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, because the people that are in power in this article that they listed yeah. off are already pulling the strings to make sure yeah. that doesn't happen. So, yeah. so this article covers how the entire election process for the last year, all the way through January 20th and so on yes was orchestrated yes and like it was kind of near like directed and the process that everything that went went down and all the stuff like supposedly to save the election this one architect we had to save democracy so we manipulated events to make sure that happened (laughs) to save democracy because self-democracy is not or democracy is not self-sustaining on its own exactly you can't you can't trust democracy to to do its thing it needs a helping hand yep so we're going to get into that that's what we're going to talk about in this week's episode um let's let let's put a lid on that for now until we get into the episode and before we get there um just want to say, in case we forget, check us out on social media all over the internet. Um, we're on MeWe, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, Instagram. we're on the new platform, theantinewslive.com. Go nice. to that. They tell you, you, you know, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Okay, well, somebody went somewhere else. And <laughs> that is uh, uh, Dan Smots of the, the System Is Down podcast created that, so... Um, go over there, theantinewslive.com, set up a profile, and Very check nice. that out for sure. Um, otherwise, we do have our shirt drawing. I said we were going yes. to do it. I haven't compiled all the names of all the people that have joined gotcha. because I didn't realize how much of a pain it was going to be <laughs> since I said on any social media platform. And there's many. And there's many of them. That's what happens when you join many social media yes. platforms. <laughs> So that is going to happen. I, I haven't forgot about that. I just haven't got to that yet. If you did enter that contest, make sure you send me a message or a comment or something reminding me that you entered the contest so I don't skip over your name accidentally. Because like I said, um, it I mean, it's really hard to keep track of everyone who shared that. And I did say in the instructions to make sure you send me a comment saying that you did so I could find it. Um, <laughs> not very many people sent me that comment. So either not very many people participated or you didn't follow the damn instructions. So um, we'll just say that contest is still open until I count those. So if you do share our episodes and our newsletters and stuff, you can still enter to win one of two free T-shirts between now and Probably we'll we'll try to get that by this weekend. I think where where we um, announce the the names of that of the winners of the drawing. So sounds good. Otherwise, anything else? Did I cover it all? I think we covered it all. All right. Well, let's get into it. If I think of anything else throughout, I'll just stop us and be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot to mention <laughs> one more thing. One more thing. Should we talk about the jock straps on the people's faces yet, or no? Oh yeah, yeah. If well, you didn't we- watch the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl halftime was 
absolutely ridiculous. Garbage. It was garbage. It was garbage. It was just gar- it was the worst. I I did see somebody post like, oh that that halftime show was lit. I was like, what what were you watching? <laughs> I thought it was eerie and creepy. It was yes. And then they were wearing those weird jockstrap yeah. masks. And that was the first thing. I was like, are they wearing diapers? And you're like, right. I think it's jockstraps. I was like, it's jockstraps. It's Absolutely. definitely jockstraps. So if you didn't see it, go back and look up the halftime show. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> I mean, if you want to spare yourself, just don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. On now, that note, we're ready to go. I think we got it, it all now. I think we got so. the jockstraps. We got the jockstraps. We, we got, got the, the drawing. Game, the drawing. And antinewslive.com. Antinews. Yes. We're good. Let's we're good. do it. Let's do it. What did you say? You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Uh, uh, did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Who are you talking to? And we're back. Yes. I want to be like uh, we 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 gotta like be like old school news people or like TV st- like program people. Be like, and we're back. <laughs> you know, maybe we're just not excitable enough. I, I when know. Our, with our we, intros we need, and out. Maybe we need to work on some catchphrases. You know, we do. That just like, like spread. You stay classy, San Diego. Yeah, something like that. Or that go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> Either works. Either, Either works. one. Either one. And even though we're not in San Diego, no, so. no. But we can still say fuck yourself, San Diego. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm because fine San Diego. With that. Is there any li- listeners in San Diego? Uh, I, you I, know, chime in if there is. If there is, I'm, I'm not saying this directing this at you. No. But just. No. San Diego as a whole. Right, right. <laughs> California. Yes. Just just the whole state. Just because why not? I do I know we do have some people that have followed us in the California area, specifically the Lions of Liberty guys. They're nice. for whatever reason as libertarians in California. It sounds very anti-libertarian. It does. It's like uh, you must hate yourself <laughs> that much. <laughs> yeah, self-loathing by yes. living in California. Self-loathing libertarians. Yes. Yes. Maybe maybe it just gives them more to rant about on their podcast. <laughs> exactly. So you know what happened today? <laughs> yes. You know what? We need more content. Let's move to California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's get right into this article. Yes. And and this article, you know what it reminds me of is it, like you ever see a few good men? Yes. When Tom Cruise is is like he's badgering Jack Nicholson's character, and he's like you know talking about it, talking about it, and he finally is like, "You want answers?" He's like, "I want the truth." He's like, "You want the truth?" This is I damn well you know. Yeah. yeah. You can't handle the truth. Exactly. You're goddamn right. I did exactly. Yep. And 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 he was proud of it, right? Yeah. He's like, "I sit on that wall. You're gonna question me." Well, 
this article reminds me of that. Yeah, that they're, they're they're like, bragging about this. They're like you you didn't sit on that wall, yeah. having to defend democracy for the right. last year against the dictator Donald power, Trump. Donald Trump, and yeah. all the misinformation yeah. out there, and yeah. and you you don't know what we went through. You yeah. sit there for a minute, and yeah. then you can come and right. complain. You, you, about yeah, it. you 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 live under the the blanket of democracy that we provided for you this year, mm-hmm. and, and complain about it. Let me tell you what we did for you. We did this for yes. you. So <clears throat> about halfway down, about a few paragraphs down in this article, I'm I'm going to get back to the beginning. Are you I have a link some, this article? Yeah, definitely. Okay, perfect. I'll have a link of this article in the show notes so y'all can this article was super long. It took me like yeah, it is. over an hour just to read this yeah. article. And then it took me several hours to read through the article, highlight spots, take some notes, and figure yeah. out what I want to talk about because we can't just sit here, obviously, and read right. the whole article. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could, but that wouldn't be a very interesting show. You wouldn't want show. that. You, no, wouldn't want you that. guys don't want that. So go read this article um, for more information because this is primarily where we're getting all our information from. We're yeah. just breaking down this article. Yeah. And um, maybe in another episode we can um, discuss like other routes and like. Right. branch off of it a little bit, but today we're primarily just going to um, unpack this article, because there's a lot here to unpack. There is, yeah. Especially if you're a more conspiracy-minded person, because right. they are calling this basically a conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah. But like I was saying, about four or five paragraphs down was was the paragraph that stuck out to me, and it's it says, tell me what you think of this. This sounds like a paranoid fever dream. A well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes to influence to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage and c- control the flow of information. Yeah. If I had posted that 3 weeks ago oh, you on Twitter, booted. I would have been gone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just that paragraph. If yeah. I would have posted it on Facebook, I would have been gone. Yeah. Absolutely. To say that there's a well-funded cabal of powerful people influencing perceptions, changing laws, steering media coverage, yeah. but they're coming right out and admitting arrogantly it. Right. admitting it. Yeah, yeah, this happened, and yeah. the arrogance shows from the very like beginning. Yeah. So this thing starts out. I'm going to share the screen so you can follow along. I've got some stuff highlighted here, so. Um, I can keep track of where I'm at. This says, the first paragraph says, a weird thing happened right after the November 3rd election. Nothing. The nation was braced for chaos. Liberal groups had vowed to take the streets, planning hundreds of protests across the country. Right-wing militias were girding for battle. In a poll before Election Day, 75% of Americans voiced concerns about violence. But it says nothing happened. The violence didn't happen that we all were concerned about. It says, um, this is the, the part where I guess very arrogant, because it says, scroll down a bit, it says, uh, to the president, something felt amiss. It was all very, very strange, Trump said on December 2nd. Within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint the winner, even while many key states were still being counted. And remember, I remember when he said that, and everybody's oh, yeah. like, oh, you're, what are you yeah, talking right, about? You're crazy. Right. This yeah. is just an election. The election yeah. happened. You're just upset about the results. And he's yeah. saying... You know, it's really strange what we witnessed because it seemed like an orchestrated effort. And yeah. we've said over the course of this, it's just like this is very planned out. There is something oh, yeah. like with the social media yep. outages and stuff. It was very planned out. It wasn't yep. just like a, it wasn't a reactionary thing. Yeah. This was. And, and even that, uh, who, who's that um, 
Oh gosh, we've talked about her before. The uh, the black senator, um, um, Candace. Yes, Cameron Dolan's. She Owens. she came out on Facebook and and said that do not call Joe Biden the president elect. He is not. And Facebook struck her and said that this was false. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up suing them. You because know, not false. Right, right. But she was you know just stating facts, mm-hmm. right. And just by saying that, she was taken out because that was against the narrative that they're trying to portray. Yeah, which was a very planned out narrative. Absolutely. According to this article. Yes. So it says, after he said that, it says, in a way, Trump was right. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. Again, arrogance. Yes, that's what I'm saying. This year, blatant arrogance and like, yes, he was right. This did happen. Of course, why didn't they come out then and say this then? Right. Oh, no, they could have. If there was nothing shady going on, if this is all just... Um, somebody protecting democracy, then why didn't they just come out and exactly. say, you know what, you're right, yeah. they did. Yeah. We, we conspired against you. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, we set up these laws a couple years in advance to make things go, So, but we will continue. Yeah, it says there was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse little notice joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Com- Commerce and the a- AFL-CIO published on Election Day. The AFL-CIO is like one of the biggest um, unions, unions yeah. in, the, in the country. Right. So it and was, they're so in, in, in entwined with the Democratic Party that their former um, head, Trumpka, was yeah. in charge of Biden, uh, Obama's, I'm sorry, Obama's, he was their labor czar. Mm-hmm. So, and this guy, it was Trumpka's second in command. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So, not only was he head of the union guy, the big unions, but he was also like somebody directly under Obama. Right. So, it says the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is big business, like right. corporate yeah. corporations. Yeah. Corporate interests, and then the AFL-CIO, which is the labor union. Yeah. So it was a, a correlation, a coalition between the labor unions, big corporations, and then um, some and, of these uh, like right. political figures. And, and and the Chamber of Commerce and the unions, they don't like each other. I mean, these no. guys butt heads all the time. Right. They're constantly, because one represents basically management, one right. represents the laborers. Right. One's pre- uh, predominantly... <clears throat> Excuse me. Predominantly right wing. One's predominantly left wing. Right. They are basically the workforce epitome of the polarized polarized country between the two political parties. Right. That's what these are. So for them to come together must have meant they really wanted Trump gone. <laughs> yeah. They saw, and I honestly I don't even necessarily know that the cham- chamber of commerce was just that pissed at Trump that they wanted him gone. I and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. I think there was an ulterior motive to that too, okay. um, because of some of the things they say on down. But but I want to kind of keep this a little bit in order with the uh, the article, so we're not jumping around sure. too much. Nope, no problem. So let's see. Um, basically, like I said, there's this coalition, and the sh- what they consider this shadow campaign wasn't like 
the actual Democrat. Right. It wasn't even tied to the Democrat Party. No, no, it was both I even, sides. I don't even know if the Democrat Party, like the actual DNC, right. knew about it. No, I don't think so, because it says later on that this was not tied to the Biden administration whatsoever. No, it was just something going on, behind, probably yeah, it, it passed says down from Biden's puppet masters. Yeah, though much of this activity took place on the left, it was separate from the Biden campaign and crossed ideological lines. So um, their whole reasoning, like I said, like we said at the beginning, was to save democracy. Exactly. I mean, you put that pretty little bow on anything and and you'll be able to pass it. We we wanted the election to to go the way that the people needed it to go. Yeah. And they they couldn't handle this on their own. So we had to do it for them. Exactly. Exactly. It's like such a... Um, so condescending, it, yeah, elitist. But this yeah. is that's the the way they go with everything. Well, it's like Gavin Newsom when he said, "Well, the right. people can't understand yeah, right. the results." Really complicated. Yeah. So um, we we have to make these decisions for people. Yep, because yep. they can't make decisions on their own. Yeah. So it says the scenario of the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory, supposedly right. not a Trump victory. Right. It was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all. A failure. The central act of of the central act of democratic self-governance, that has been a hallmark of America since its founding. Wow. So what they were trying to prevent was what we predicted would happen. Right. That it would get to the point where it's so contested right. that it's months and months from right. now and there's no known president right. still. But, but again, that's democracy. That's, and that's not their position no, to, they to have- make— that call yeah to all. make pushes like, to against that there it's laid out we we've covered how it's laid out oh, in the yeah. constitution how this would go down yeah. how this should happen if there should be a, yeah. a standoff in the election process yeah. we we've covered that deeply i can't even remember the episode we covered it on yeah. but yeah we did so <laughs> so for them to be like well we're going to prevent this and we're going to form a coalition to prevent this this next para- a lot. paragraph is really pinnacle go ahead Um, Their work touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers, and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. They executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over days or weeks, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victory from getting more traction. After Election Day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump would not overturn the result. The untold story of the election is the thousands of people of both parties who accomplished the triumph of American democracy at its very foundation, says Norm Eisen, who we'll get into later. Um... Oh, a prominent lawyer and former Obama administration official, official who recruited Republicans and Democrats to board of the Voter Protection Program. So yeah, there's a name there that you've looked up a little bit of. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about him now, or you want to talk yeah. about him a little bit? Oh, so who is Norm, Norm Norman Normandy? Norm Norm Eisen. Eisen. So Norm Eisen is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> No, he um, is responsible for, um, let's see, okay, so he actually, we, we have spoken about him before. Really? Yes. So he actually um, drafted the articles of, of impeachment against Trump. Which time? Um, yeah, right. 
Okay, so um, it says, so there's no conflict of interest here. No, 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 no. He he wrote the book, The Case for the American People: The United States versus Donald J. Trump. <laughs> so it's funny because. The the goal wasn't an anti-Trump goal. It oh, was right. like to prevent this. Absolutely. But then you got this guy spearheading, oh, yeah. helping to spearhead it. And, and as we go through the different names, each of these people have butt heads with Trump. Yeah. Um, it says when Democrats took back the House of Representatives in 2018, the Judiciary Committee hired Norm Eisen to the be special counsel. He was uh, he had been the White House ethics czar and U.S. ambassador to the Czech Republic under Obama administration. He started to preparing the possibility that the House might have to impeach President Trump. Um, <laughs> so he started planting that seed, is what they're yes. saying, into their minds. So, And then less than a year later, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced the official impeachment inquiry. Um, it says that, um, let's see, so he started drafting this, uh, let's see, about a month after Trump was inaugurated. So that's how so he's much been. He's had a thing against Trump from day one. Yes, is what it sounds yeah, like. He has. So and but he, this isn't a push against Trump by no means. No, no. This is for democracy. Yes. So that gives you a little peek into um, Norm Eisen, and I believe when um, and again we did a show talking about this. He actually came up with blueprints on how to get Trump kicked out of office. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to. I'll have we'll to go back about, through my old yeah, notes. I was gonna say we talk about a lot of things. I, 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 <laughs> I know. don't remember yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, interesting, but that doesn't surprise me because you'll see uh, several um, organizations that are involved in this that were people that were um, coming up with different scenarios. Like you remember the the John Podesta group that came up with the war game scenario. They, yes. I, I looked in this article to see if that name got brought up because no. it, it wasn't in the article. I was but gonna say that's that's a. That name, I think, is like uh, toxic. Yeah, I, I think they need to keep that name out of. Yeah, and I, it's probably for a reason. Because you, are you telling me a group like John Podesta's group that was playing war game scenarios against the election results oh, to yeah. see? I mean, it was talking about exactly what they're talking about oh, absolutely. here. Absolutely. You know, because and we'll get into this, but they're saying like they they knew two outcomes would happen: either um, Trump would um, not concede. Or Trump would um, win by just the electoral uh, yeah. college, but not the popular vote, the yeah. way he did in 2016. And that's yeah. exactly the scenarios right. that yeah. the Podesta um, organization right. there was um, playing yeah. out, yeah. Those, those two specific. Yeah. So you're saying they didn't coordinate in yeah, that at right. all? No, but like you absolutely. said, they're not going to throw out John Podesta's no. name because no. um, he's he's kind of the boogeyman. But, of, but like you said, I mean, those two were what this was specifically derived to prevent from happening. Yes. So, let's see. Um let's try to f- let, let let's continue reading. Yes. Cuz we got a lot here. We do. So, this next paragraph I highlighted on down says every attempt to interfere with the proper outcome of the election was defeated says uh Ian Basson and you have stuff about oh him. Oh my too. gosh, Ian Basson. Co-founder of Protect Democracy, a nonpartisan rule of law advocacy group. Yeah. But it's massively important for the country to understand that it didn't happen accidentally. The system didn't work magically. Democracy is not self-executing. So basically what they're saying is democracy can't sustain itself. Yeah. Like this this idea that the people rule can't be controlled by the the people that right. rule. Yeah. They the, the people that put the officials in, they they can't sustain this on their own. It's not democracy is not self-executing. Right. Uh, but so we need people uh, the smart people like us right. to make sure democracy, democracy works. survives. Yeah. 
do you want to hear about Ian Basson? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Ian Basson is the founder and executive director of Protect Democracy. Thank God. Mm-hmm. A left-of-center litigation organization created to oppose the policies of Donald Trump. But this is a, they said he's a non it's a nonpartisan rule of law advocacy right? group. I know, right? It's weird. Prior to establishing Protect Democracy, Basson worked at the Left of Center Institute of Governmental Studies at University of California, Berkeley, and served as Associate White House Counsel to the Obama administration. Again, another tie to Obama. Yes. Uh, Ian Basson's Protect Democracy sued President Trump, alleging that his 2016 campaign conspired with Russia and WikiLeaks to release Democratic National Committee emails that were acquired by Russian intelligence. So he was spearheading the Russia gate. Yes. Scenario. So yes. again, nonpartisan group yes. has nothing to do with ousting Trump, everything to do with protecting democracy. But again, we have a, a individual who's most known for spearheading against Trump. Yes. Um, Basson's Protect Democracy again sued the Trump administration for terminating a Department of Homeland Security policy that waived a $725 fee for indigent indigent lawsuit lawful permanent residents applying to naturalize and become citizens of the United States. The litigation resulted in a nationwide injunction stunting the termination of the program. Um, uh, Protect Democracy also sued the Trump administration to oppose the administration's declaration of a national emergency on illegal immigration. The declaration, declaration allowed funds for military construction projects to be sued to construct a border wall or to be used to construct, oh, which we talked about that at one point, uh, to build the um, United States and Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. During the 2020 presidential election, Basin led Protect Democracy in creating an election litigation firm in Wisconsin to assist in opposing voter integrity and ballot security laws. In related litigation regarding the acceptance of absentee ballots past election day in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Protect Democracy and the MacArthur Justice Center argued that mail-in votes postmarked between November 3rd and November 9th should be accepted. Um, let's see. So he's one of the key people pushing to voter extend laws. voter laws yes. and change voter laws. And how they, they touted this as changing the laws and um, influencing this, one of, yeah. one of their big highlights there in exactly. their, their cabal statement and change the rules and laws exactly in 2019 basin successfully sued the south carolina state election commission forcing the state to switch away from a purely electronic voting system to voting by paper ballots earlier th- that year protect democracy sued the south carolina republican party for not holding a presidential preference primary opting to select president trump as the republican nominee um In 2020, Protect Democracy issued a Freedom of Information Act request to the West Virginia Secretary of State after the state instituted voter integrity laws. The laws allowed individuals in charge of polling centers to cross-reference a suspected non-citizen's information with the West Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles. So... So, so he sued against that. Yes. Just for cross-referencing them to see if they're they're actually citizens. Yes. Yeah. I I don't understand why that is even a thing. Like... You'd think they would want to, um, if they're the, what was the name, democracy, protect democracy? Yes. Yeah. you think that would be something they'd be pushing for, like yeah. to actually protect democracy from fraud. Right, absolutely. Is what these <laughs> these laws supposedly were supposed to be preventing. Yeah. So, any more on him? That's all I got on him. So, we got these two guys, and they're not even 
the main man. Right, they're not the main man. We get to this section here in the article titled The Architect. So the architect of all of this shit. Named Mike Pedorzer. I don't know how to pronounce it. That's what I'm going with. Pedorzer. So it says, sometime in the fall of 2019, Mike Pedorzer became convinced that the election was headed for disaster. I mean, well, what convinced you of that, right. Mike? Was it just like a, you know, smoking weed one day with yeah. his buddies? And it's he's like, like you know, whoa. You know what? <laughs> this is gonna this be might be a disaster. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. And then he determined to protect it, being the superhero that he is. Thank God. This was not his usual purview. For nearly a quarter of a century, Pedorzer, senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO, which is, like we said, Trump one of the ba- biggest uh, yeah. um, unions yes. in the country. Oh, it says right oh, here. Yeah. The nation's largest union federation has marshaled the latest tactics and data to help its favored candidates win elections. So, wow. It says it wasn't his usual purview, but he's been working to use his data <laughs> to push his so candidates. It really was, it was his purview. Well, yeah, I, I think you had a typo there because this definitely was his usual purview. Yeah. <laughs> it says unassuming and professorial, he isn't the sort of hair gelled political strategist who shows up on cable news. Among Democratic insiders, he's known as the wizard behind some of the biggest advances in political technology in recent decades. A group of liberal strategists he brought together in the early 2000s led to the creation of the Analyst Institute, a secretive firm that applies scientific me- scientific methods to political campaigns. This is the one time of many that they say somebody not na- who doesn't wasn't named or secretive or yeah. that. If it's such an up and up organization, why the secrecy? Right. right. Why why is it a yeah. secretive firm that applies scientific? Well, like what are these scientific methods and why does it have to be so right. secretive? Yeah. Right. Because as we've pointed out before, more questions are raised when you don't give an answer. Right. And, and as far as I'm concerned, when it deals with American politics, the more transparency you have, the, the better questions. it is for everybody. Yeah, you the know? less questions that'll be asked. Yes, there, there's less conspiracy theories mm. if there's more transparency. We're concerned so much about the the MAGA conspiracy theorists yeah. and stuff. Yet we they we they won't answer the questions, the basic questions, and they're intentionally keeping it secret, such as this: the secretive firm that applies scientific methods. He also was involved in the founding of Catalyst, a flagship progressive data company. So it sounds like a data mining company. Yeah, which wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So, yeah, again, why so much secrecy? Um, the, the interesting thing to me about this whole guy is he was, as we mentioned a couple times, a union man. Yes. Big shot union yes. man. Where does that leave him now that Biden completely screwed oh, over the unions. I, he's probably a little pissed. Yeah, he put, <laughs> put like dedicated the last year or so right. of his life. Making sure he gets elected. <laughs> and for him to turn around. It's just like everybody else that we've said, look, um, he made all these promises to, yeah. or they, they held up their end and he's not holding up his. I imagine the A- AFL-CIO isn't very happy that all these union jobs got canceled oh, yeah. over in one day, yeah. one single day of Biden being president. But, you know, if he is in charge of the unions when they have these new unions with solar energy and wind, you know, that uh, eventually will come in, then maybe it'll be better for him. I don't know. Yeah. He needs to think about that. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe he's playing his... Maybe he's playing the long game here. Yeah. So, right. 
Um, he he's just seeing this as just a bump in the road. Being the strategist that he is, using right. all his yeah. secretive analytic exactly. tools, um, he probably is playing some sort of long game. Maybe. I mean, it might not be his purview. So. <laughs> Who knows? So on down it says the the usual tools of data analytics and polling would not be sufficient in a situation where the president himself was trying to disrupt the election. He wrote, most of our planning takes us through election day, but we are not prepared for the two likely outcomes. And that's what we I had uh, mentioned. Yeah. Which one was Trump losing and refusing to concede and Trump winning the electoral college um, by voting, by corrupting the voting process in key states. Yeah. Despite losing to the pop- popular vote. So you think somebody who's been the architect of peddling this information, do you think he might have had something to do with planting the seed in people's ear that Trump's not going to concede? Trump's oh, not yeah. going to concede. Oh, I'm sure. I'm that sure. was probably one of their tactics was planting this yeah. this idea. Because yeah. we, we had said six, seven months ago before the election that they're— they're forming a narrative here. Oh, yeah. Right. Like Hillary Absolutely. Clinton came oh, out yeah. and said it. Yep. Back in May of last year, yeah. they started coming out and saying, well, um, the, the president, he's not going to concede. You know, he's not going to do a peaceful transition is what they're saying. I'm sure there's not a huge difference, but this doesn't seem like, and they said right here, it's not your typical yeah. political strategy. What this was, was a marketing campaign. Absolutely. Yeah. What a marketing campaign does is you get everybody like hyper focused in one area. Like all yeah. your resources are pointing one direction. Yeah. Like your social media ads are going to reflect your commercial TV yeah. commercials are going to reflect like your your stands at the stores. Like everything is pointing this at this has marketing been done strategy. Before though, I mean, Obama used it against Romney in 2012. In a lesser form. I mean, I remember reading an article about how they use specific buzzwords mm. throughout different social media and stuff to make you know people look towards Obama. I'm sure they all did. Uh, yeah, but not not to this scale, I don't think. No. Uh, no. This next next sentence kind of brings me back to what you were saying before. And um, well, first of all, when it talks about um, the other outcome is Trump winning the electoral college, which despite losing the popular vote is they've never looked at that as a valid way to win. Mm-hmm. And so to them, that, that would be a loss for him. Like he should not be able to be president if he wins the electoral college. Right. Even so, though that's what the constitution lays out. Right. Exactly. But that's a racist concept. Exactly. Exactly. But this next sentence, it says we desperately need to systematically red team this election so that we can anticipate and plan for the worst. That's war gaming it. Yeah. So um, what makes me go back and think, and I'm just, I'm just saying this because there's no proof of this, but what if this Podhoser guy? <laughs> Podhoser. <laughs> That's what we're going with. Podhoser. We're going with that. It's just taking credit for what Podesta did. Maybe he was the one that orchestrated what Podesta did. Uh, That's possible. That's possible. Like, if he's the architect, maybe that was part well, of his strategy. He had yeah. like key people like he had an- Podesta analyzing this work. stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, there was other groups that were doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, if you scroll through this, read some of these names of uh, organizations, like activist organizations that were involved, different political organizations. Some of them, it's, I've looked up, specifically say yeah. that they were responsible for um, for these kind of war game scenarios, yeah. like planning this out. What if this happens? Right. What if that? And that's yeah. what brought me to. Well, that's exactly what John Podesta was doing. Right. And and it wasn't it wasn't led by John Podesta. No. But he was. I think he was the one that played. He was probably Biden in charge or of, something. Yeah. Like he, right. Because they were role playing. Or he played remember? Trump. Did he? Yeah, I think I, he played. Yeah, Trump. I can't remember. They were role playing. 
some kinky role playing. I'm yeah, sure. You would do that too. Yeah, I know. Gross. <laughs> Nasty. Oh, I don't even think what they were doing in that in that <laughs> round table meeting. Just, just call me Mr. President. <laughs> just say it like you mean it. Oh God. Do you have a cigar? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> You derailed me completely. <laughs> How did we get there? <laughs> oh, but the one part that I found interesting was when he, and I, I had read it a second ago, is when he said most of the planning, like most political planning, takes us through Election Day. Right. And he's the one that supposedly pushed through to this narrative right. that, like, after Election Day, all this stuff's going to happen. Right. And whether it was his foresight or whether the media, like, kind of played into it or what— it it actually did happen the way Absolutely. he supposedly predicted. Yeah, like yeah. Trump did, which, which we kind of predicted all this stuff would we, happen too. We did, yeah. But he was playing the long game. He's like, he we're not yeah. going to stop at election day. We got. I mean, he had this planned yeah. out through. Yeah, inauguration which takes day. me to another scenario. But we'll talk about which we'll talk about later. Let's okay. get through the rest of the article. All right, all right, all right fair enough. Um, so again, we're kind of skipping around on this because I can't read the whole thing. Right. Next thing I highlighted was. It says, what he wanted to know was not how American de- democracy was dying, because he talks about, ahead before in this paragraph, liberals saw Trump as a dangerous dictator, yes. but he didn't want to steer towards that hysteria. He right. didn't want, he wasn't one that was pushing this whole dictator narrative. Right. He says, um, he doesn't want to know how democracy was dying, but how it might be kept alive, like <sighs> here he is. Oh, wow. The chief difference between the U.S. and countries that lost their grip on democracy was that America's decentralized election system couldn't be rigged in one fell swoop. That presented an opportunity to shore it up. So, so now it can be. Yeah, that's what I, that's, that's what I got out of that, too. He's like, he's like, well, shit, we can't do this in one fell swoop. So I'm going to have to shore this up so we can. But he's pretty much... They're, they're saying that he's saying, um, well, um, we can protect this because it's not all in just one spot, centralized spot, where you right. can just... Um, single-handedly rigged the system, but he went through all these efforts to basically steer the narrative right. through all these channels. Yeah, and it required all these channels because, again, it's not a centralized election right. system. So they probably went state by state, looking at the election laws and to see how they, they could change them to get them to be what they needed them to be in those states. They did, and um, you had mentioned you were reading earlier. He had talked about and. We might get into this a little bit. We might not, but it, it talked about how they were they were responsible for um, pushing against the lawsuits between the states, all like blocking the lawsuits and stuff. Right. So you saw how each lawsuit was just like instantly overturned, instantly oh, overturned. Yeah, right. That Trump had like six or eight yeah. cases thrown out, thrown out immediately, yeah. and it was all part of this plan. It yeah. was all this guy supposedly, the architect, mm. had this in motion from. Before wow. it even happened. Wow, talk about playing like four dimensional yeah, chess. It's like eight dimensional chess. Like I don't think anybody's ever played politics the way this guy has played it. No. Maybe they haven't we just a Times article just hasn't come out and, <laughs> and announced it. it yet. Right. <laughs> so it goes on to say, um, the potential for a November meltdown was obvious. In his apartment in the suburb DC suburbs, Pod Hoser <laughs> began working from his laptop at a kitchen table, making him sound like a ordinary, mild-mannered reporter, <laughs> right. um, holding back-to-back Zoom meetings for hours a day with his network of contacts um, across the progressive universe. So they're saying how this is like um, not a partisan thing, but they keep saying that it's uh, left-wing activists and yeah. progressive 
like contacts across the progressive universe. Right. So clearly it's a one-sided thing. Right, yeah. So the ne- next part of this paragraph says, the labor movement, so it's talking about the people in this progressive universe, the labor, labor movement, which is the unions, the institutional left, which would be more of like the politicians, right. Planned Parenthood and Greenpeace. That's about as left as you get. Yeah. Resistance group like Indivisible and Move On. Which, I haven't even looked into those. Uh, Move On is George Soros. Is it? Yep. Progressive data geeks and strategists, representatives Facebook. of donors and foundations. Yep. State-level grassroots organizers and racial justice activists and Black others. Lives Matters. Yes. And it specifically says, like, he was... I think we'll get into more of this later, but he was directly like networking with the the leaders of Black Lives Matter. So you think a lot of this social justice or racial justice um, protests throughout the country for the last six months, you think a lot of that was being perpetuated by him, like saying, nope, keep pushing it, keep pushing it, keep pushing it. Yeah. I mean, he basically says it. Or at least this article does. I wonder. I want to know if he was okay with her releasing this article about him because he seemed to want to kind of stay secretive. And a lot of these <laughs> groups, it specifically yeah. says we're secretive. And he's probably coming out. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why are you saying my name?" Yeah. But this was like kind of a. Well, I mean, they mentioned a cabal, but it's like this is like um like a secret society of like who's yes. who on the left. Yeah, you know, it absolutely is. And it's not even secretive. Like no, all these right. are the who's who's yeah, on the right. left. So it goes on to say, protecting the election would require an effort of unprecedented scale. You know, this had to have been written in 2020 because they had to throw out the word unprecedented. Yes. As 2020 progressed, it stretched to Congress, Silicon Valley, and the nation's state houses. It drew energy from the summer's racial justice protests, like I said, Mm -hmm. many of whose leaders were a key part of the liberal alliance. There you go. They were. They were networked in this. They were part of this alliance. Yeah. The key players of the racial justice protests. It's probably those those two uh, Black Lives Matter founders that we mentioned. I can't yep. think of their names now. Yeah. But they, I'm sure they were heavily oh, involved. I'm sure. Yeah. It says, eventually it reached across the aisle into the world of Trump-skeptical Republicans appalled by his attacks on democracy. Never Trumpers. The Lincoln Project. Yes. Right. So the next section, this is broken down to section, and every single section has a title. The title I just want to roll my eyes at, like, <laughs> yeah, securing the vote. Yeah, that to me almost sounds. They should have said like protecting the vote. Yeah. Securing the vote almost sounds like they're manipulating right. the vote. But and, but this is the part that really sounds arrogant and elitist to me. Mm-hmm. Like this is the part where they felt like they were they were doing their heroic deeds. Mm-hmm. You know. Says the first task was overhauling America's bulky election infrastructure in the middle of a pandemic. So the election structure was already yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. Was a mess. So we thank had to God it. they helped clean it up. Yes, especially during the pandemic. Yes, for thousands of locals, mostly nonpartisan officials who administer elections, the most urgent need was money. So it says they. It goes on to say that they needed like stuff for like protective equipment, right. like masks, personal stuff. protection equipment. Uh, needed additional staff and scanners to process all the mail-in yeah. ballots. Um, it says 150 organizations <laughs> signed a if, letter. Real quick, if you're listening, this is this part's going to piss you off <laughs> because when I read this, I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Led by the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, more than 150 organizations signed a letter to every member of Congress seeking $2 billion in election funding. 
It was somewhat successful. The CARES Act passed later that month contained, which was the first stimulus bill, contained $400 million in grants to the state election administrators. But the next tranche of relief funding didn't add to the number. It wasn't going to be enough. So those stimulus checks you got? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of that went towards... And I, I understand that... But yeah, they did need to overhaul some stuff here. No, no, I understand that, but not probably not in the direction that no. they were planning. No, they, you know, that this was very one sided. It's very absolutely. This, this article is clearly one sided. Oh, I yeah. mean, it does say they stepped across the aisle, but after saying they met with liberal activist yeah. groups and leftist organizations, yeah. and then 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 they stepped across that. But but, uh, but the the nice thing about not the nice thing, <laughs> the fucked up thing about it is you, you get a peek into. They're thinking like they're heroes. Yeah, doing all this, mm-hmm. right? So we can continue. <laughs> so the next article is with the one I liked is because it says private philanthropy stepped into the breach. Thank God, because they wanted two billion, they only got four hundred million. An assortment of foundations contributed tens of millions in election administration funding. The Chan Jucker. Chan Zuckerberg Initiative Zuckerberg. chipped in three hundred million. Sound familiar hmm. to me. I've heard that name. Wow, I've heard that. Who could Chan that be? Zuckerberg. I don't know Chan, but I know Zuckerberg. Yes. Hmm. Chan, actually, I do know Chan. Chan yes. is Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> wife. Uh, it is their initiative. You had said you had read something. Do you have that pulled up? Or what the Chan Zuckerberg initiative? Because you were like, it's why, huge. Actually, why in the world are they even involved in? Yeah, this? I pulled up their website, and it says their focus is um, is education, social justice, and and science. Mm-hmm. But then when I I looked them up on a separate thing, and there's actually three different branches to it. Okay, you got the you got the initiative who does kind of like the le- legs on the ground right you got the foundation who do- who they write grants to social projects and then you have um the um what was the other one i said it was the foundation the initiative and then there was um oh god there's another one but that one is responsible for political lobbying so okay so so they're very, very in tuned and, and tied up into the political process. I didn't even know this Chan Zuckerberg initiative. Was I didn't a thing. either. And it's, apparently, it's huge. It's ni- like ninety percent of what the Zuckerberg and his wife make throughout yes. the year goes into this initiative. Yes, and it is just a little bit um, less than it's the second largest, it just behind the um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's pretty big and. A lot of clout there, obviously. Yes. A lot of political clout from um, these kind-hearted yeah. elitists, just, billionaires. Just, you know, doing the best thing to make sure you do what they want you to do. So it says it was a failure at the federal level that 2,500 local election officials were forced to apply for f- philanthropic grants to fill their need. God forbid that the private sector fund something. Right. I know. Right. I mean— we have a lot of libertarian-leaning people. They're probably like, well, fuck yeah, the, the, the private sector should be the ones funding this because they're more efficient. <laughs> right. But they're saying it was the failure of the federal level that they had to go to the private sector. Yeah. Says Amber McReynolds, who is a former Denver election official who heads the nonpartisan National Vote at Home I'm Institute. I'm sure it's completely nonpartisan. <laughs> so— her group, her two-year-old organization, became a clearinghouse for a nation struggling to adapt, it said. So wow. all the money was funneling through her organization. Right. Yeah. And as we've seen with Black Lives Matter, that never gets— Exactly. Where like it needs money, to. Money never disappears no. and goes 
no. gets redirected. Never. So it says the Institute gave secretaries of states from both parties technical advice on everything from which vendors to use, how to locate drop boxes, and how to locate drop boxes. So you think vote, voting machine vendors came into play here? Because we talked yeah. about how a lot of the states had the same voting machine companies. We talked about the the possible the possibilities behind that. Yeah. When, which well, we don't need to cover all the voting fraud stuff again. <laughs> no. Says local officials are the most trusted sources of election information, but few can afford a press secretary. So the institute distributed communication toolkits. So they were telling the local um, election officials, the local authorities, what to say, what to do, where to be. So they're influencing politicians at the local level. Yes. And we had talked about, um, and this is completely off subject, how, what was it, the the Great Reset was primarily like hyper-focused on the local level, like implementing changes through the local level and working its way up. That's what this yeah. sounds like, that hey, we are distributing the what to say is like that marketing strategy. Yeah. You know, um, they're with their toolkits, their communications toolkits, you know, are included like those buzzwords that you were talking about, right. like um, yeah. planting those seeds. Like right. everybody's on everybody's on the same page. You oh, know, absolutely. It. you absolutely know it because yeah. you have one organization, obviously a biased organization, right? That is handing out the what to say's to the. Oh yeah. The, oh yeah. They all got pamphlets. Yeah. So this is what I have on the Vote at Home Institute. Okay. Uh, it's a trade name for the National Vote at Home Institute and its affiliated National Vote at Home Coalition. It's an advocacy organization that pushes for a nationwide vote-by-mail electoral system. The National Vote at Home Institute is the 501c educational arm of Vote at Home. The National Vote at Home Coalition is the lobbying arm. The National Vote at Home Institute works to promote the benefits of a vote-from-home system and the National Vote at Home Coalition works to lobby on behalf of a mail balloting system through the regulatory and legislative process. In its 2019 annual report, Vote at Home outlined its 2020 plans, which included flooding the zone, efforts in key states to expand the use and acceptance of vote-from-home policies. While its claims that vote-by-mail policies are nonpartisan, Vote at Home is a partner of a number of progressive and left-of-center organizations, including Democracy Fund, The Common Cause, the nonprofit Vote, and Rock the Vote. It is also a partner of Unite America. So it sounds like they have their fingers in a lot of different organizations. They're yes. probably claiming to be a lot of different organizations, but it's all the same head. Which Unite America is another name for the Lincoln Project, which is a super PAC opposed to the re-election of Donald Trump. Oh, all right, then. So it ties with everything, yes. all the groups. <laughs> so we say they have their fingers all across the board. They literally do. Yes. So let's let's keep going. It says in August and September, it sent ballot applications to 15 million people in key states, 4.6 million of whom returned them. Do you remember when, yes. when the Republicans were—, were um, claiming that there was unsolicited um, mail-in ballots going out. Yeah. Like, the rule before, wasn't it that you only sent a ballot if they applied for a mail-in ballot? Right. Well, this says 15 million got sent out, 4.6 million got returned. So, yeah. obviously, what they were saying was happening. And you yeah. think that <laughs> any of those would have been, like, right. messed, up, messed around with? Yeah, right. 
says in mailings and digital ads, the group urged people not to wait for election day. You remember the vote early, vote often? Yep. yep. This comes from this is their strategy. This yeah. comes from them. Again, Hillary Clinton was saying it. Michelle Obama was saying it. You remember the DNC? Every yep. single one of them said, uh, all of them. Vote yep. early, vote often. Was yes. there not, not, not that, often, but, but, yeah. but that vote, was our, vote early, vote early, vote early. Yes. But that was, that's even what we titled that episode where we covered <laughs> was, the DNC yeah. um, national convention because yeah. um, every single one of them was like, you get out and vote now. It's like, it reminded me of uh, who's the, the diabetes guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you check your blood sugar and you check it off. And yeah. <laughs> that's just what it's saying. It's just like a, yeah. a public service announcement. You, you get out and vote and you get out and vote often. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So this vote early scenario came yeah. directly from this architect is what this sounds like, yeah. or at least the people in his sphere of right. network, in yeah. his network. Says, all the work we have done for 17 years was built for this moment of bringing democracy to people's doorsteps. And that sounds all well and good. Right. Absolutely. But clearly there's bias. And this whole article is full of bias. Oh, yeah. Oh. Anything else in that paragraph there? Did you have highlighted? Otherwise, I'm going to keep moving. Nope, nope. Keep going. Because the next, the next section is... Actually, before we get to the next section, let's just go ahead and go to break because oh, okay. um, we need to get a break in here. We're sitting at an hour... Um, so we might as well get a break in because this next section is the disinformation defense. And this is the one that I will probably bitch about a lot. So let's get in a break here. And then when we get back, we will talk about the disinformation defense. So we will be right back. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remster W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Do you need a hand with video and YouTube content editing and production? Send some love to our newest sponsor, Vanzot Media, a freelance video editor and YouTube content creator that produces a wide variety of content such as audiobooks, audio dramas, podcasts, gaming videos, and interviews. Vanzot is passionate about entertainment and dedicated to helping others grow their name and brand. Check them out at facebook.com slash vanzotmedia. That's V-A-N-Z-O-T media. Facebook.com slash vanzotmedia. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net.
right, we are back. We took an yes. extended break that time. Yeah, it was a little bit longer, but we yeah. had some good stuff to cover. Yeah, we we shot the ship for a bit, so yeah. you guys don't notice the difference because it all sounds the same to you. But exactly, but exactly. I, I bet you'd like, like to hear what shit we shot. Yeah, maybe we should record <laughs> our shit that we shoot and release it as that would be bonus interesting because. Um, who who doesn't like good bonus content? And yeah, and, and you, you, you just you know good sh- shit shooting is yeah. premium. Yeah, <laughs> shit shooting is premium bonus content. Just Absolutely. like our, what did we say? We we're gonna sling our guns around for bonus <laughs> whip content. Whip out our weapons. Yes, whip out our <laughs> weapons. That was it. Yep. So we're back and we're gonna dig, but keep digging into this article. Um, I had mentioned what we're gonna get into about the the uh, protecting the information, but you said you had found. Yeah, you wanted to read something first. Something I wanted to cover real quick. Um, it's a um, there was a part in here that talks about the uh, litigation brought by the Trump campaign of a piece with the broader campaign to sow doubt about mail-in voting, and we all remember Trump coming on saying, you know, all the fraud involved in mail-in right. voting. And we even said, look at the USPS; they're right. the most inefficient organization right. yeah. in the in the history of the government. Yeah, and so and then they go on to say. Um, um, all the litigation brought out about Trump um, was m- making novel claims and using theories no court was ever going to accept, says Wendy Weiser, a voting rights expert at the Brennan Center for Justice. She said that the court litigate or the litigations by the Trump campaign they read more like a lawsuit designed to send message than to achieve a legal outcome. Yeah, it was almost like. They're saying that Trump's lawsuits are like a threat, like a threatening letter, almost. Right, right. So it was like not very, which is, you get that from when, like, you see Giuliani out on the mm. camera. It's like he wasn't trying to actually make a case for anything. It's like he was like talking at them and trying to bully them. Yeah, and I can see that too. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. that you know that was part of the downfall. Yeah, and it played right into the 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 mm-hmm. game here that right. they set up. Yeah, it played right. Trump played right into their hands. Exactly. Well, and and when you look at Trump, I mean, again, like we talked about, he's not a chess player. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's not a poker player. He's not somebody who's thinking of things three dimensionally. He's he's an emotional guy. He's an honest guy. He's appealing to to your 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 sense of of you know wanting um, bluntness. Yeah. Right. And, and he takes the bait really easily. He does and take I the think bait. A lot of and they the bait was. That. Hung out there yes. for him through, oh, yeah. through the stuff that we're talking yeah. about. So wargaming Trump, I'm sure, was very easy because mm. they're like, "This is what he's." going We can do. say this, and he's going to say this. Yeah, we can say this, and this is how he's yeah. going to react. We, we make it look like this, and he's going to sound really unreasonable trying to he's do very, this. He's very reactionary. Yes, yes. He's not yeah. like ahead of the game. He's no. like reactive. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I I can see that, and like a lot of this we read. You can come back and be like, well, he, they were spot on. They were spot on. And I think a lot of that comes to play with how predictable right. Donald Trump was. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and apparently this guy is a really like smart strategist, too. So right. yeah. um, he, he could look at every angle and, and, and see, like, what, well, what would right. their next move be? Yeah. Like, like you said, playing chess. You yeah. look like three or four moves in advance. Right. And, and that's exactly what he yeah. was doing. Yeah. This and whole playing thing. right into it. I mean, they were not only were they a couple years ahead, but they were they were definitely a couple moves ahead of everything that they were thinking of. Mm-hmm. So this is my favorite part, though. This next section, the disinformation defense, it says bad actors spreading false information is nothing new. For decades, campaigns have grappled with everything from anonymous calls claiming the election has been rescheduled. 
Nice. I didn't know that was a thing. Me neither. I like that. To flyers spreading nasty smears about candidates' families. That's just politics in general, right. though. Yeah, that's but been going Trump's on Trump's lies and conspiracy theories, the viral force of social media, and the involvement of foreign meddlers, there's the Russia gate again, yeah. made disinformation a broader, deeper threat to the 2020 vote. Laura Quinn, a veteran progressive operate, operative, makes her sound like she's like a secret agent. Yeah. Who co-founded Catalyst, which, which we mentioned Catalyst up towards yeah, the top. Which Catalyst was um, is actually um, helped uh, formed by Norm Eisen. Mm, yeah, that's where. It, yeah, so he plays hand into this too. Began studying this problem a few years ago. She piloted a nameless secret project. There it is again, nameless mm-hmm. secret project. If you're not doing shady shit, why is your project right. nameless and secret? Yeah, right. Which she has never before publicly disclosed. She's probably sitting there like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I know. You there's said a reason, you wouldn't say anything. <laughs> there's a reason why I didn't disclose this. <laughs> that tracked disinformation online and tried to figure out how to combat it. That sounds all well and good, right? Yeah, right. You can't go wrong. No. No. There's no no bias ever plays no, into that either. No. One component was tracking dangerous lies that might otherwise spread unnoticed. How to? I don't understand how th- this concept here, how... Oh, this misinformation gets out there, and it's going to be unnoticed. If it's unnoticed, then who gives a fuck? If people don't realize it's there, then why does it matter if it's there? Right. Tried to track down sources and expose them. So it says the most important takeaway from Quinn's research, however, was that engaging with toxic content only made it worse. It says the more engagement something gets, the more platform boosts it. So the more clicks something gets. So if people are being outraged, Trump said this, Trump said that, people start clicking on that, then Trump's— disinformation spreads i had watched a video and it was talking about trump's strategy and that was what they singled out as trump's biggest strategy is he would throw something out there even if it wasn't true just to get a reaction and get people talking about it Mm -hmm. and then it would trend yeah and that was that was his one of his major strategies he used so she concluded the solution was to pressure platforms to enforce their rules both by removing content or accounts that spread disinformation. Remember when we said mm. the the purging of social yep. media seemed like a calculated thing? We yep. said this back January 7th or whatever, yep. the, the week of the January, the infamous yep. January 6th thing. This seems calculated. Right. This isn't just, like we said, a reactionary thing where they're just taking down things as they pop up. No, it was yep. just like, all of a sudden, everyone is being right. clicked off. This was the strategy. Right. This was the plan all along. Yeah, like they've been tracking these individuals and um, on these platforms for a couple years, yeah. secretively, according to this Quinn lady. And um, at the right moment, they knew they knew when to turn it off. Yep, they yep. knew when to flip the switch and say, "Nope, no more." Yep. The solution she cl- concluded was, uh, I read that to pressure platforms. Oh, yeah. So in November 2019, Mark Zuckerberg invited nine civil rights leaders to dinner at his home. That sounds ominous. Does he have his hands in a lot of this strategy? I, because I we he had does. the Change Zuckerberg yeah. uh, Foundation, which donated money to all the voting mm-hmm. um, systems. Then he invited civil rights leaders to his home, mm-hmm. where they warned him about the danger of election-related falsehoods that were already spreading unchecked. Hmm. It took pushing, urging, conversations, brainstorming, all of that to place to a place to get to a place. Holy shit, I can't read. Where we ended up with more rigorous rules and enforcement. I wonder if he uh, he brought some of those people in to be his fact checkers. It wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. It says not only did they 
talk with um, Zuckerberg, but they also met with Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. Surprise, mm. surprise. Got him on board, too. It says um, Gupta, because it says this is Vanita Gupta who is talking, who is the CEO of Leadership Conference on Civil Human Rights. Mm-hmm. Um, it says Gupta was nominated for Associate Attorney General by President Biden. Wow. That sounds a little shady. Why, why would she even put that in there? I mean, right. doesn't she think that would be a little bit of a conflict of interest? Yeah. I mean, the other people, she kind of shielded it from looking like they may have an issue with Trump. Yeah, right. But yeah. she just th- throws her right out there. Yeah, like um, she didn't in any way um, have anything to gain right. from this. No. By the way, she was nominated <laughs> right. for Associate Attorney General by Biden. Yeah. Says it was a struggle, but we got to the point where they understood the problem. Was it enough? Probably not. Was no, it, it later was. than we wanted? Yes, but it was really important given the level of official disinformation that they had those rules in place and were tagging things and taking them down. So what do you think about all this uh, disinformation? Because they, they don't talk a lot about it, probably yeah. because this is probably going to be the most one m- most people are going to ha- take issue oh, to. Oh, yeah, right, because this is the, the flat-out censorship. Yeah, it's they're teaming up, like we said, Obviously, like Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg are leftists that right. are, have an agenda against uh, yeah. um, right-wing information, but they specifically partnered up with those people yeah. in this this plot here. Right, they, they right. met with them at saving their democracy home to save yeah. democracy yes. to pressure. They pressured Zuckerberg Zuckerberg yeah. to to start enforcing yeah. this stuff. It was difficult. It took some pressuring. It took some pushing, but we got want, results. Makes me wonder what kind of threats they made, especially when this lady is now. Um, the assistant attorney general. Assistant yeah. attorney general. I am sure there was something in there about making sure that that uh, what was it the um, title two thirty uh, did not uh, go away. The protections uh, mm. for the uh, um, yeah. big tech companies. I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah. Uh, at, at, you scratch my back, yep. I scratch because yours. Deal. That came about perfect timing, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was probably right about that same time. Yep. Because this was in no, no, this was November two thousand nineteen. When oh, okay, when okay, so, no, but, it wasn't. But still, yeah. um, there, you know, there was some kind of oh, handshake yeah. deal going on there. Absolutely. For that to just get completely, yeah, brushed over. So, a lot of shit here. Yeah, a lot, for the biggest social media platforms that supposedly. Uh, in that case you were talking about they're saying look we're just a we're yeah. just a platform we right. have no no say in what people yeah. like we're not responsible for what yeah. people say and blah 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 and we can do what we want we're a business right. yeah but they're clearly being manipulated or forced or right. or pushed yeah. or convinced so, so or, everybody who wanted to to compare them to the baker in Ohio or whatever, you know, about baking a cake for a gay couple he didn't agree with. Yeah. And saying, well, you know, you guys were okay with, with a, a baker, which, you know, it was a private business. Well, this is private business, and they get to do whatever they want to do. It's not like Donald Trump was knocking on the doorstep of that baker and saying, hey, I, I right. strongly urge you yeah. not to bake that it, cake. Right. It's not like like the baker was up for assistant attorney general, <laughs> you know. Exactly. That. <laughs> that too. That too. So there's... I, I see a lot of conflict of in, interest here. Yeah, all, all through the board. Yeah, and the fact that they had the two biggest players in um, social media on board right. with this, which is yeah. what what percentage of the information flows through Twitter and Facebook, would you right. say, in oh. 2020, 2021? Oh my gosh, yeah. A, a yeah. giant percentage of it for these people to decide what we're going to enforce, who gets to say what, right. based 
who gets to determine yeah. what's misinformation? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's just like, obviously, yeah. somebody has to have that yeah. say. And it's the whole thing with protecting democracy. Yeah. One guy thinks he has the say and yeah. how democracy gets protected. Yeah. Like you said, if this article was released, like, say, November 8th, you mm-hmm. know, it would have been totally struck. Yeah. It, it would not have popped up on social media no. whatsoever. And people would have been yeah. outraged. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the push for election fraud from November 8th to January 20th oh, if yeah. this article had dropped? Yeah, this, oh, yeah. this would have been like, this would have been in the court documents as evidence yeah. at, uh, oh, absolutely. of um, fraud, yeah. I think. Oh, absolutely. Because they even say that they persuaded or they, they um, shifted the conversation. What, what were all those things they said about the cabal? Um, let me get back to it. It's way the fuck up here. Yeah. Says uh, the cabal that, again, they range across industries, big tech, big um, media corporations. It says they work together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, influence or shift or manipulate perceptions. Right, exactly. Um, steer media coverage and control the flow of information. Mm-hmm. This is like fucking 1984 absolutely it is yeah like if you have to control the flow of information there's a problem right that is not democracy no it's not (laughs) it's not like you're going to hear what we want you to hear and if if we think you're not hearing what we want then we're going to um push and influence the the platforms or make lucrative deals with the platforms in order to get the information we want heard but yeah. not the information that you want heard. Yeah, oh, and this this next this next paragraph is even uh, even more in like, the spreading the word section. Yeah, yep, that's the next part I had too. Yeah, go ahead if you want to read it. So Dick Gephardt, the de- the former Democratic House leader turned high powered lobbyist, spearheaded one coalition. We wanted to get a really bipartisan group of former elected officials, cabinet secretaries, military leaders, and so on aimed mainly at messaging to the public, but also speaking to local officials, the secretaries of state, attorney general, governors who would be in the eye of the storm and let them know we wanted to help. Do you remember when we came out and were like, dude, there's a push in the military heads now. The military generals are coming out. This is getting weird because... We mentioned that back in May, I think. May or June. I don't know. We were going to do a full-blown episode on it. I don't think we ended up doing it. Because we thought we were thinking like there was a coup, like... Like forming, yeah, yeah, because all these military generals were coming out yeah. against Trump, and it's just like, what yeah. is going on? And yeah. they started saying uh, Trump's going to need to be removed from power. Yeah, right. And so um, you see this was part of the plan, yeah. too. Yeah, and um, Gephardt goes on. Uh, it says, uh, to n- let them know we wanted to help, says Gephardt, who worked his contacts in the private sector to put $20 million behind the effort. So could you imagine him going to a general mm. and being like, hey— um, we know you want to you you know you want, or a defense contractor or general and be like you know we know you're looking for a new plane. Mm. Um, we happen to have uh, some contacts over at Boeing, right. and they're they're working for something you're interested in. So could you just maybe like uh, scratch our back a little bit and we'll make sure this contract goes through a little bit obviously, smoother for you. Obviously, we're speculating here. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, it doesn't yeah. say anything about this here. I was not there. <laughs> yes. So don't come out and be like, "Oh, they didn't have that. There's no, no proof." Yes, we know there's no proof, but no, we know right. how the government works with right. the private sector, especially exactly. these big corporations and when they're involving states attorneys and governors and military and officials. You have a, a former head of house who's now a lobbyist? Mhm. I mean, that's shady as fuck. Right. Well, that's just the big cycle. No, I know it, it they is. go from 
from the government to lobbying for like there's a three way cycle the the trinity there's like they work in government they work to lobby a company then they go work for that company and then mm. it, it's just this vicious yeah, cycle like is. like they're lobbying for their company's best interest then they yeah. go work as the CEO for that company yeah. you see it if you look into um oh what's the big uh, farm company yeah uh, I can't think of their name. Oh, they, um, Monsanto. 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 Yeah, yeah, a lot of their CEOs yeah. have. Oh shit! I just really fucked up my screen. Oh. A lot of their CEOs. And this is what I've heard, so don't quote me on this. Have like gone and then worked in the lobbies. Yeah. And then they go back and work for yeah. Monsanto. It's just like. Well, the the new Secretary of Defense that was put in place by Biden used to be like a major lobbyist for. Um, a defense contractor. Yeah, the the big defense contractor. Yeah, the big one. I can't so. think of the names. We're we're dumb, so we yeah. can't think of the names right now. So um, it goes on to say Womp, which they don't give his full name. It's just Womp. Womp. Everybody knows him as the Womp. Yep. Uh, the former GOP congressman worked through the nonpartisan reform group Issue One to rally Republicans to the effort. We thought we should bring some bipartisan element of unity through the constituents of free and fair election. Womp says. The 22 Democrats and 22 Republicans on the National Council on Election Integrity met on Zoom at least once a week. That's a lot. Right. They ran ads in six states, made statements, wrote articles, and alerted local officials to potential problems. We had rabid Trump supporters. This is is my favorite. I had this next sentence highlighted. The next two sentences. This is my favorite. Go ahead. We had rabid Trump supporters who agreed to serve on the council based on the idea that this is honest. It's almost like they're saying they they thought this yeah. was honest. Yeah. So <laughs> we had them them believing this was honest. Suckers. Keep going. Womp says this is going to be just as important, he told them, to convince the liberals when Trump wins. Whichever way it cuts, we're going to stick together. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Bullshit. <laughs> they they got these Trump supporters on yeah, and said with with the the promise the idea that yeah. Well, if this goes your way, you're going to want that want us oh, pushing yeah. for you. Any rabid Trump defender, even today, they think Trump's coming back and winning. Yeah, somehow, <laughs> somehow yeah. they think he's going to come back. But yeah, for them to convince them, look, if if your side wins, we're going we're going to stick together yeah, with this. Right, we're going right. to push your side yeah. just as much as we, yeah. even though it clearly states that it was, again, leftist, um, yeah. uh, activists, yeah. uh, liberal organizations and stuff uh, and then we brought in some rabid trump rabid trump supporters i like yeah, how they I listed know. them as rabid I, of course they're they're vicious people <laughs> so well, under under the guise of um saying that this idea yeah. was honest that yeah. this is an honest thing and then we're going to stick together yes obviously oh it, <laughs> uh, it's just so manipulative yeah and it is you know they're not going to push for Trump to win either way, because that was the whole point of this. And all these uh, people of high power, like we said, were spearheading yeah. attempts to push Trump out since day one of Trump's yeah. um, inauguration back in 2016. Yeah. So for them to say, well, if Trump wins, we're, we're you know, we're going to stick on your side, too. We're going we just want the integrity of the election. Exactly. The integrity of the election. It, it, obviously, that's not true. No. And, and this next sentence is a phrase I heard more than I really wanted to hear. What's that? So it says the Voting Rights Lab and Into Action created state-specific memes, graphics spread by email, text, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes. Urging that every vote be counted. I, I had this written down. I didn't highlight it for some reason, but they they created memes, mm-hmm. which we all know a lot of people get their information from memes oh, now. Yeah, right. Memes go viral. When you have the CEO of Facebook and Twitter 
How easy is it to artificially make something go viral? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Piece of cake. Absolutely. All you have to do is hit a button, and yep. that goes to everybody's You, you know freaking... how many memes I saw about every vote being counted mm. and how it was compared to Jim Crow and racism that votes not being counted? Yeah. I mean, they, they push that shit through all the channels. Yeah, and for us to get something to go viral is basically take a mir- a miracle. Obviously, right. we're, we're nobodies, but right. they have the top executives of these companies, yeah. and then they're spreading their, what I would consider, propaganda. Yeah, and they're probably gone now. If you went back oh, and yeah. looked at them for them, they're probably gone. I would like to find the authors of those and look those people up to see if they're legitimate people or right. just bots. I'm sure they're bots. I'm sure yeah. they're made-up accounts that, I mean, again, if you have the top people on board, it'd be easy right. to spread the shit like wildfire right. across social media. I mean, shit, the freaking head of Facebook... For the f- full month of voting was yeah. was like, did you get, did you make sure to to register to right. vote? You yeah, know, right. like yeah, it was in your face yeah. all the time. Yep. So, I mean, it just it just seems shady as fuck. Oh, it does. It does across the entire board. Right. So let's see. Next section. Did you have anything else from that section? Um. Okay. This part here. <clears throat> it said, uh, Protect Democracy's election task force issued reports and held media briefings with high-profile experts across the spectrum. In widespread coverage of potential election issues and fact-checking of Trump's false claims, the organization's tracking polls found the message was being heard, the percentage of the public that didn't know expect to know the winner of election night gradually rose until by late October it was over 70%. So they were pushing this whole... well. They didn't want people to freak out right, right. when things didn't end election right. night. Like yeah. Trump tried to push the issue, like, right. election night's over. Why are we still counting votes? Right. They didn't want that to be yeah. known or, like, in people's minds. They right. wanted to push this idea, look, this could go on a while, right. which we, we had said that. Right. We knew that was going to happen. But, like, the, the mainstream media, when you look at their electoral vote maps, right, I mean, Biden was way ahead. I mean, by, the, by that morning— Maybe mm-hmm. that by the end of the second day, I mean, it was going to be a miracle for Trump to win. Yeah. You know, and they were calling it. For oh, it. and they were calling it for Trump. I mean, for Biden, you know, mm-hmm. saying that. But this is this is over. President elect Biden. I mean, by the end of that, that second day, it was it was basically set in stone. But it wasn't being called by anybody else except for the media. And if anybody tried to refute that, they were kicked off. Like we talked about with Candace Owens. Yeah. And I. I don't know if they get into it in here, but I was reading another article or listening to somebody talking about this article. They had mentioned, do you remember when Fox News early called, I think it was Arizona, for yeah, certified elections? Right. Like, yeah. And everyone's like, why are you yeah. announcing this so early? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all the states started dropping. It was almost mm-hmm. like that was the signal. All right, yeah. everybody go. Right. And if you see on here, there were signals. Yeah. To, to mobilize. Right. And I'm not saying for, for that specifically, yeah. but we'll get on to, like, they were planning um, demonstrations and stuff yeah. against Trump, and they were ready to go within a second via text message. Right. Like, yeah. they were going to mobilize immediately across states, right. all these different um, protests and stuff. So yeah. they were set up with a flip of a switch yeah. to mobilize. So, you, um, yeah, this person was comparing that to... That where uh, Fox News kind of signaled, right? Um, okay, 
they've certified. So then all the other right. swing states Starting were like, bam, bam, bam. Uh, um, and some is... people say that, well, they probably just lost, like the hope was gone and right. they might as well just stop fighting it. But I, I wouldn't doubt if there was no. some kind of a, a switch that flipped, like, no. here it is, let's go. No. And, and Basson goes on to say, he goes, we knew exactly what Trump was going to do. He was going to try to use the fact that Democrats voted by mail and Republicans voted in person to make it look like he was ahead. Claim victory, say the mail-in votes are frauds, and try to get them thrown out. Um, well, he was saying that for a year, so obviously it wasn't didn't take no, a smart right. strategist <laughs> no, to know no, that. No, th- no, this is true. This is true. So the next section is the people power. So this is the um, like the movements, like the, the protests and stuff that went on throughout the year. It starts out, the racial justice uprising sparked by George Floyd's killing in May was not primarily a political movement. The organizers who helped lead it wanted to harness its momentum for the election without allowing it to be co-opted by politicians. Damn. Do you think they—I mean, that alone sounds like, hey, let's keep pushing these protests all the way up to the election, because they went all yeah, the way up to the elections. Did. Yeah, and, and it, it, well, and then every time— there was another incident, which we saw, and they even went back to the Breonna Taylor case, which happened before that, Yeah, and, right. and brought that up. And so every case, we had the guy in Atlanta, you know, where they burned down the Wendy's, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, so there was other cases that kept pushing it, and everything, something happened. Yeah. There was more protests. Yeah. There was more, you know, violence. Because they wanted to harness the momentum for the election. Yep. yep. So as many of the organizers were part of Podhoser's network. Podhoser. So, again, the... The BLM mm-hmm. leaders and stuff were part of his like close knit network, is what it sounds like. From the activists in battleground states who partnered with Democracy Defense Co- Coalition to organizations with leading roles in the movement for Black Lives. But they don't say Black Lives Matter. I noticed that too. <laughs> they called it the movement for Black Lives, yeah, not right. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Like they didn't want. Maybe they'd get sued if they like listed them by name or yeah, something. Or I don't know. Or maybe maybe they were afraid that if they listed them by a name, it would take away from their their movement. Maybe they were like, okay, but don't call us Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's interesting that you caught that too. Yeah. That they specifically called it the movement in all caps, the movement for Black Lives. Yeah. That was not the name of no. the movement. No. It was Black Lives Matter. Yeah. There's a specific reason for that for yeah. sure. And again, it's. Probably this this um, author of this article probably didn't want to get sued by the biggest organization in the country right now, yeah. or like activist organization. So goes on to say the best way to ensure, ensure people's voices were heard, they decided, was to protect their ability to vote. So they started pushing this narrative that um, we want to protect your mm-hmm. your vote needs to be heard. Your vote needs to be heard. Right, so right. they push that into the Black Lives Matter narrative. Like, mm-hmm. well, if you want change to happen, you need to get out and vote. And for right. you to get out and vote, we got to protect your vote. Right. Donald Trump wants to take that away. Take from that you. away from you yep. because of racism or whatever, yeah, because right. of Jim Crow laws. Yeah. Um. So again, they they had all their angles covered. Said so we started thinking about a program that would complement the traditional election protection area but also didn't rely on calling the police. They created a force of election defenders who, unlike traditional poll watchers, were trained in de-escalation techniques. During early voting and on election day, they surrounded lines of voters in urban areas with a joy-to-the-polls effort that turned the act of casting a ballot into a street party. I hadn't heard of that. That's interesting. Black organizers also recruited thousands of poll workers to ensure polling places would stay open in the communities. And that's, that's, that's good. Yeah, no, that is good. So I, is. I I think that's a good thing. 
says the summer uprising had shown that people that people power could have a massive impact. So again, they're like, well, the power of the people, we can organize them quick. Yeah. And a big movement can have a big impact. Yeah. So towards the bottom of this, it, it talks about 400 planned post-election de- demonstrations, like I said, to be activated via text message as soon as November 4th to stop the coup that they feared. The left was already wow. the left was ready to flood the streets, so they were going to flip the switch right. immediately yeah. across the country. 400 different demonstrations. Yeah. So, so everything that they accused Trump supporters of doing, they were prepared to do if they needed to. Yes. Yeah. So they talk about. Um, the the Trump protests and the Trump Trump protesters pushing back against uh, election fraud, but they were ready to do it if Trump mm-hmm. <laughs> pushed this election fraud narrative. So it goes on. There's a lot of reading here. I'm sorry you have to listen to it. This is a long article, like I said, and yeah. I'm we are barely even scratching it. The summer's racial justice protests had sent a signal to business owners. This one I found interesting. This is why I highlighted it. Mm. Summer's racial justice protests had sent sent a signal to business owners. The potential for economy disrupting civil disorder with tensions running high, there was a lot of concern about unrest around the elections or a breakdown in a normal way we handle contentious elections. Sounds to me like it's like you didn't like how they disrupted business for the Black Lives Matter and for the George Floyd protest. Yeah. Wait and see what we can do. Oh yeah. If this I'm doesn't sure. go the way we want it. You you want to see how we can interrupt supply chains? Like we talked about. We we talked about um, the the possibility that if they needed to um, protest more, that they would stop trucks from being able to deliver to their to like the WalMarts and Targets, mm-hmm. they're going to interrupt supply chains so that people couldn't get their groceries and stuff. Right, because this one it specifically said the potential for economy disrupting civil disorder. That sounds mm-hmm. like a threat to me. Yeah, me too. And that makes me. That's what I was. Um, kind of alluded to when we talked about the Chamber of Commerce, why would they get involved? Right. They might have been threatened. Like, you yep. thought things were bad and things right. were disrupted before for your businesses? Yeah, exactly. Just wait and see what we can do, yeah. what we are capable. You saw a fraction of what we are oh, capable yeah. of. Were you we prepared to, to mobilize with 400 demonstrations on November 4th? Yeah. It says, the worry. these worries led to the Chamber, Chamber of Commerce, I'm guessing, yes. to release a pre-election statement with the Business Roundtable, a Washington-based CEO group, as well as associations of manufacturers, wholesalers, and retailers calling for patience and confidence as votes were counted. They were scared. Yeah. I, I feel that a lot of the big corporations were scared yeah. of the disruption that could happen. Um, We've got the protests— Throughout the summer, already disrupted a lot of the economy. Right. The pandemic disrupted a lot of the economy. Yeah. It's basically like just you see what we're capable yeah. of. the yeah. The power of the people, like I said, people yep. power has uh, can have a really big impact Absolutely. and be very disruptive. Yeah. What do you think we're capable of? Yeah. And yep. so, um, this next article talks about that, um, or this paragraph talks about that coalition between the chamber and. Um, the Chamber of Commerce and then the uh, the AFL CIO guys, mm-hmm. the the union guys says Bradley wanted to send a broader, more bipartisan message. He reached out. This is Bradley is the the head of the Chamber of Com of he's the executive vice president of the Chamber of Commerce. Says he wanted to send a broader bipartisan message. He reached out to Podhoser through an intermediary. So they couldn't even like talk to each yeah, other. Right. They, they didn't want to talk to him. <laughs> that, that you were talking to how they always butted heads. They had yeah. to have an intermediary. <laughs> both 
but both men declined to name. So they won't even name who the intermediary was, who's their middleman. That's how secretive this is. It was Bill Clinton. It probably was. Agreeing that their unlikely alliance would be powerful, they began to discuss a joint statement pledging their organization's shared commitment to a fair and peaceful election. They chose their words carefully and scheduled the statement's release. Yeah, they were probably coerced in what to say. Exactly. Or they were probably given cue cards, like we said, um, the the media card... Uh, toolkit that right, yeah. the local level. Just were say given. this word for word. Don't go yep. off script. Just read this. As it was being finalized, Christian leaders signaled their interest in joining. So not only do we have now the the management and the laborers, now we have like mm-hmm. this the the religious groups, the Christian groups. We have National Association of Evangelicals and the National African American Clergy Network. Which I didn't even know the National Association of Evangelicals still really had any pull because that was who that Ted Haggard was um, was head of okay. the guy that um, yeah. was buying cocaine from a male prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> so I I hadn't heard anything from them since then. So well, he probably refused to play ball, so they had yeah. to reveal that, and then yeah, <laughs> that's probably why they exposed Ted Hager yeah, exactly back ten years ago it's like, because oh, you don't want to play ball, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they're like, look, look what we did to Ted Hager. Yeah, exactly. You get on board because we will set you up with a male hooker exactly. with cocaine. <laughs> Again, very very speculative there. <laughs> What you're seeing now is a reenaction. <laughs> These are not just actors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't take any of this literally. Um, so then it goes into the the showing up and standing down section on election night. And this was what I, we had said, that they had planned for violence. Yeah. It says election night began with many de- uh, Democrats despairing. Why were they despairing? Because they probably thought they were going to lose. Exactly. Trump was running ahead of pre-election polling, winning Florida, Ohio, Texas easily and keeping Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania too close to call. Yeah. But Podhoser was un- unperturbed when I spoke to him that night. The returns were exactly in line with his modeling. He had been wanting for weeks that Trump voters, or warning for weeks, that Trump voters' turnout was surging. As the numbers dribbled out, he could tell that as long as all the voters were count- all the votes were counted, Trump would lose. Hmm. The Liberal Alliance gathered for an 11 p.m. Zoom call. Hundreds joined. Many were freaking out. It was really important for me and the team in that moment to help ground people in what we already know, known was true, what we know, knew was true. Remember, there was that whole confidence leading mm-hmm. into it. Like, we got this in the bag. Right, yeah. yeah. And that seems like he was probably the one, like, pushing that. It's like, yeah. dude, guys, we got this. Yeah, just hold this. it out. This is going towards modeling. What, whether it was like blatant fraud or just like the direction of information that this guy pushed, mm-hmm. they knew that they had this in the bag. Talks about how they, um, it says, we wanted to be mindful of when was the right time to call for moving masses of people into the streets. Again, flipping that switch, November 4th. Mm-hmm. It says, as much as they were eager to mount a show of strength, mobilizing immediately could backfire and put people at risk. Protests that develop into violent clashes would give Trump a pretext to send in federal agents or troops, as he had done over the summer. And rather than elevate Trump's complaints by continuing to fight him, the alliance wanted to send the message that the people had spoken. So the word went out, stand down. Can you say stand down? I thought that was like a a call to action. That's what I thought too, yes. Because that's exactly what Trump said. Proud boys, stand down, stand by. Stand by and stand down. Yeah. 
Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Protect the results uh, announced that it would not be activating the entire national mobilization network today, but huh. remains ready to activate if necessary. So it's basically like they did their part by not protesting because that sent a stronger message. Right. Yeah, which it did. It did. It really yeah. did. And it's funny because that was pre-orchestrated. Like yeah. all the non-protest that happened, yeah. that was like they all expect something big. It's like when you, you see in like... Um, like crime movies or something where where they're told, hey, this big thing is about to go down and they send in all the agents and stuff and they show mm-hmm. up and surprise, yeah. nobody's here. Right, yeah. Something was, in, they're all just left <laughs> with their asses in their hands. Right. And that's what it seems like yeah. was intentional here. It's like, let's make them think something big's going to happen. Yeah. And then when they say, oh, because you know Trump was pushing, well, they're going oh. to protest oh, this, yeah. there's going to be violence. That was they're all gonna... part of Trump's plan, I was, I'm was, i thinking, is he was hoping that they would. Yeah, and that's what they're saying. Yeah. That That's what he was anticipating. Yeah. So then he could push this narrative of, look at this extreme violence yeah. and stuff, the extremism, yeah. the an- Antifa. Yeah. Um, and then, so their best strategy, their best move was, not do anything. Let's, let's prove him wrong. Yeah. And then he'll look like an ass for, for saying yeah. this for so long. And I... They did this all the way up to even the January 20th. Yeah. Or not the 20th, the January 6th Six. incident, oh, yes. incident yeah. was was similar. Yeah. And I'll get there. We're not there yet. The next section is the five steps to victory. Mm. In Pedozer's presentation, winning the vote was only the first step to winning the election. After that came winning the count, winning the cert- certification, winning the electoral college, and winning the transition. So all the big days. Yeah. Yeah, was because there was the, like the electoral college. Yeah, they had um, a heat counting each marker. Yeah, and then there was the um, electoral college certifying, mm-hmm. and then there was the winning the transition, which was January twentieth. So yeah. all these big days that even the <laughs> the letter that I'm not going to name because I don't want to <laughs> get us kicked off. <laughs> Remember, every time the marker got pushed back, what, it was one of these days. It's yeah. like, well, just wait till January 6th. Right, right. Just wait till January yeah. 20th. Yeah. He had pre planned, like, known all this in advance. It's yeah. like, well, we got to win the election, which yep. was November 4th. We got to yeah. win the count, which was um, the Electoral College counting, winning the certification, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and it says here, it, um, it says that, uh, it says steps that are normally formalities, but they, uh, that he knew Trump would see as opportunities for disruption. Nowhere would that be more evident than in Michigan, where Trump's pressure on local Republicans came perilously close. Remember, he had them come to the White House for dinner mm-hmm. to working, and where liberal and conservative pro-democracy forces, pro-democracy forces, <laughs> joined to counter it. It always sounds so good. Yeah. Well, I had heard that one of the Republican. Um, Electoral College voters or whatever, because they had five, I think. Yeah. Four or five, whatever. Um, one of them was planning on contesting mm-hmm. during this whole I ordeal. Yeah. They had met, like, I don't know any of the evidence behind this. This is just what I've heard. They met with these people. They had made promises to this woman that if she certified, they promised an audit of the election results. Uh. <clears throat> she turns around and certifies. And then I think it was the courts or the dis- district attorney came out and was like, 
Nope. And we don't owe you anything, basically. So wow. basically fucked her over. And yeah. she's just like, I was promised this, and I didn't get that audit. They're like, no, the, the certification stands. We're not going to audit shit. Wow. So, yeah, they'll, from what I've heard and read, yeah. she fully intended to contest, yeah. but ended up certifying under the premise yeah. that, well, don't worry, we're going to look into this. And if yeah. something shady, then um, yeah. we'll make it known. But so none those, of that. Those that pro-democracy promises. forces in action. Yeah, yep. So... So, yeah, interesting. Um, it talks about the whole um, where they're boarding. Up. It shows the picture of them boarding up the windows, but it doesn't really talk about it. You remember where they're like putting the yeah. things in front of the windows? It, it does talk about how, um, like, these Republican vote counters were were flocking too close, getting like up in their business, like um, really pressuring them without wearing masks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all it really says. And yeah. that, I don't know if that's their way of explaining away the fact that they like yeah. forced them out and boarded up the windows. Well, or, and, or and then it says within 45 minutes, dozens of reinforcements had arrived Yeah, as they entered the arena to provide a counterweight to the GOP observers inside. Reyes took down their cell phone numbers and added them to a massive text chain. <sighs> so it sounds almost like <laughs> an army. Yeah. It, it really does. I mean, the way like, it was organized. We need to bring him back up, guys. Yep. Bring in the backup. Yep. Yeah, and they were all waiting for that text. So let's let's kind of wrap this article up. Yeah. Scroll down to the section called "How Close We Came." Mm. So this this runs it all the way up to January sixth. Says there was one last milestone on Pedoza's mind. So he saw first saw this January sixth mm-hmm. thing coming. January sixth, on the day Congress would meet to tally the electoral count. Trump summoned his supporters to D.C. for a rally. Much to their surprise, thousands who answered his call were met by virtually no counter-demonstrators. Huh. Again, planned. Yep, yep. It says, to preserve safety, to preserve safety and ensure they couldn't be blamed for any mayhem, the activists, the activist left was strenuously discourage, discouraging counter-activity. Wow. So they were told, don't show up. They'll look like the assholes here. Yeah, exactly. Again, what what I said, they'll be standing there with their asses yep. in their hands. Yep. And um, we all know went down on January 6th. They all yep. were standing with their asses in their hands. Yep. Says, um, it was his final attack on democracy, talking about January 6th. And once again, it failed by standing down. The democracy campaigners outfoxed their foes. Yep. We won by the skin of our teeth. Honestly, and that's an important point for folks to sit with. Yeah, because if it would have been actually contested, yeah. then it could have gone the other it way. It could have gone anyway. Yeah. Or if if the other side's activists came out and mm-hmm. a big old like brawl yeah. <laughs> opened up, who knows what yeah. um like martial law right. or what Yeah. And that would also make their side look as bad as right. they're making the right side exactly. look right now because of the January sixth protest. This final pa- uh, sentence in that paragraph says, there's an impulse for some to say voters decided and democracy won. But it's a mistake to think that this election cycle was a show of strength for democracy. It shows how vulnerable democracy is. Again, yeah. they're, they're pointing out yeah. the voters didn't aren't what caused democracy to win. It was us. We are the ones that saved democracy. Yeah. There's an impulse for some to say voters decided and democracy won. It shows how vulnerable our democracy is and how we need to steer it in a certain direction to make it last and, and preserve democracy and save it for what it is. It says the members of the Alliance to Protect the Election have gone their separate ways. 
The Democracy Defense Coalition has been disbanded, <laughs> though the Fight Back Table lives on. That's another group. Look up some of these groups. <laughs> it's funny, like the Democracy Defense Coalition, their website doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, like right. it just like disappeared oh, yeah. off the face of the map. Like yeah. as soon as they got what they wanted, yeah. They're I know. gone. I was looking Poof. for them, and I couldn't find them anywhere. No trace of them. Yeah. Wonder why. You think if it was this big heroic endeavor, yeah. there would be some something online like touting their accomplishments and stuff. Yeah. But no, they just just went their own separate ways. It says left wing a- activists are pressuring the newly empowered Democrats to remember the voters who put them there. Yeah. Yeah. How's that working out for you? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, how is that working out for the <laughs> unions right now? Yeah. While civil, civil rights groups are on guard against further attacks on voters, business leaders denounced the January 6th attack, probably by pressure, and some say they will no longer donate to lawmakers who refuse to certify Biden's victory. This is what we're seeing all over. Mm-hmm. Like, um, banks are like locking certain people mm-hmm. out of their accounts. Right. I can't even remember who I saw, but some, some group that was kind of pro Trump, they got locked out of their bank yeah. account they can't remove yeah. withdraw any funds from their bank account it says Pedozer and his allies are still holding their zoom strategy sessions great what is he strategizing right. against now they gotta get harrison uh, probably <laughs> strategizing how to take out biden now <laughs> yeah right trump is in florida facing his second impeachment deprived of twitter and facebook accounts he used to push the nation to its breaking point bastard so that's about the end of the article yes I, I like as I was reporting this article in November and December, I heard different claims about who should get the credit for thwarting Trump's plot. <laughs> um, you think it would be the voters? You think they'd be like, "Well, the people have spoken," yeah, because that's what they tried to push on November fourth. It's like the people have spoken; you're gone. Yeah. Well, according to this, it's not the voters that won. It's John or Mike Pedozer. Yeah. So this this paragraph here, the last one I ha- highlight, it says, "Democracy won in the end. The peop- the will of the people prevailed. Did it? Of which people? Yeah, exactly. But it's crazy in retrospect that this is what it took to put on an election in the United States of America. The funny thing is they're pushing that, hey, we wanted to save democracy. Right. The will of the people prevailed, but it's only right. one sided. They're only Absolutely. pushing one s- oh, yeah. one side of the but story. It, but it's the it's what's best for America. You know, they they did what's best for for America. They got rid of the despot Trump. Yes. And gave them somebody who's going to actually uphold d- democratic principles. Right. You know, and it's like it, but it's it goes back to like what we've said about social media. It's like who gets to say what the people should hear. Like, right. who gets right. to make that decision? Exactly. Who gets to say, in this case, what the will of the people was? Yeah. Apparently, this coalition yeah. of not only Mike Pedozer, then we got yeah. the Zuckerbergs, Zuckerberg Chan Foundation, Chan yeah. Zuckerberg Foundation. Right. She probably told him to put her name first. Of course. Then um, the Jack Dorsey's out there. Um, We've got politicians at local and federal levels. That um, was it, um, Ian Basin and Norm Eisen. All these Dick Gephardt. All these Trump opponents since day one. Yeah, Um, they are the ones that have decided what the will of the people is. Yeah, right, right. And the forty some percent that voted for Trump, 
Fuck you, I guess. Right. That's not the will of the yeah. people. Right. You you guys were misled. You just need to be re-educated. Democracy won because yeah. we... We decided it. <laughs> yeah, we shifted perceptions as yeah. they claimed. Yeah. It's not That's not us yeah. saying conspiracy theory. No. We shifted perceptions. Yeah. We shifted the, the, the narrative. Laws. They changed the voter changed laws, laws to be what they needed it to be. They extended the, the term that ballots were counted. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they made it... Easier for mail-in votes to be taken in. They they decided the direction that the of information that would yep. be um, like influencing people. Yep. They call themselves in the article the shadow campaign. Yeah. That alone should be like what if you didn't want to sound sketchy, why would right. you call it the secret history of the shadow campaign? Yeah, that sounds like somebody that James Bond would go up against. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Like, do you think? Do you think they had good intentions, or do you think it was all like I think self-motivated? In, I or think like, in their in their own head, they were they were had good intentions. Who, you know, who's the, pulling their strings is my question. Well, that's because a good we've question. always said, like right. the president has somebody pulling his strings, right. no matter what side he's right. on. Yeah, who's pulling the strings of this guy? Yeah, this architect. Or, yeah, yeah. No, he's just a smart guy that they hired on right. to. to yeah. Make up this like uh, said, marketing. It, it wasn't like he was smoking weed one night. It was like, oh shit, this the election's gonna be a disaster. You no. know, I mean, yeah, somebody brought him in, sat him down, and was like, look, this is what's gonna happen. When when you're a business and you want to like push a campaign for your product or mm-hmm. your company, you hire on the biggest and brightest um, yeah. uh, marketing firm yep. that that covers all their bases. Yep. They cover the media perception. Yep. They cover like exactly. what what um, your your spokespeople are saying about your yeah. product. They cover um, what pictures are released, yeah. what informations are. Right. That's exactly yeah. who this guy is. Oh, yeah. He's a marketing firm, yeah. yeah, and the biggest and brightest yeah. head of a marketing firm. Right. So who brought him on? Yeah, yeah. Who hired him? Right. You because, know it wasn't Biden because they specifically said he wasn't tied to Biden. Right. Exactly. So who 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 is that guy? Who, I don't know, but <laughs> he's it, still out there. <laughs> I, yeah. So we we need to get beyond. Yeah. We need to. I mean, we've talked before about following the money. Yeah. Can we follow the money on this guy? Like somebody who's like... No, because yeah. as we saw once Biden was elected, he got fucked. That's true. But so, but there's got to be... I mean, so, I know they cover their tracks very, very yeah. well. So, But he did his job. I mean, he did what he was brought in to do. Yeah. And as they said as the, at the point of the article, he's still doing it. Yeah. Right? But clearly... Yeah, clearly he doesn't have that much power. No. And, He's and not a powerful he, man. He had no idea that Biden was going to cancel the Keystone. No, I don't think so. No. I mean, if he did, then he's, like we said, he's playing the Billy Long game. Right. And right. like, like, yeah, we lost this, but no. what are we going to gain like out of this? Like you said, he was brought in to do a specific job, and he did it. Yep, and then they <laughs> they kill that guy off <laughs> after he does his job. Right, right. You know, it's like hiring... A hitman to come in and do something, and yeah. then you kill the hitman, so there's no trace of it. Like yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think he got fucked over, but who knows? He he might have something. Right, else like you said, maybe maybe this is the way he wanted things to go. Yeah, but I mean, he saw so far in advance that he saw every move that Trump was going to take. Yeah. You think he would have seen the move that Biden was right. going to take, especially since Trump announced, like, made public, look, he's planning on canceling this yeah, shit. Right. right. Ohio, on. Pennsylvania, are you watching this? Like, and then, remember, he Trump released that video Yeah, right, after the next Biden day. says, I don't know what you're talking about, I'm not going to do that, Jack. Yeah. And then <laughs> Trump releases the video, and it's yeah, all there. and they're like, oh, he did say that. Yeah. And so, this guy, seeing 
everything in advance. He he had to see this coming. Yeah. I don't think he's been fucked over. No. He'll he'll get pulled back in for the next job. He will. He will. He'll get it'll be sure like the Mission got, Impossible. He'll get his new yeah, right. tape in the mail that he has <laughs> to will self destruct in yeah. five seconds. Exactly. Yeah. No, he he's very good at what he does. Somebody knew this. Somebody used him to, for it, mm-hmm. and he, like you said, he'll be used in the future. He, I'm sure, he got paid more for this than he would as director of the the, the, the union. unions. And yeah. you know, they are make a lucratively uh, oh, yeah. earnings. And, and I'm look sure, at Jimmy Hoffa, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure he's he's like, oh shit, you know, I, I didn't know they were going to do that. I'm going to fight for you to make sure that this is right. It, you know, yeah. and and when when are the Union heads ever not tied to shady shit. Exactly. Again, back to Jimmy Hoffa, tied right. directly to the mob. Right. Yeah. And then he he yeah. pissed off the mob and yeah. got taken out by the mob. Yeah. But but this is this is going to stand. You know, in four more years, the entire way you look at how the election should be, yeah, has shifted. Oh yeah. And it, it, that that's that's the way it's going to be for now on. Yeah. You know. Yeah, this has changed the way elections will will operate. And I don't think people realize the scope of how elections have changed now mm-hmm. at this point. Well, um, did you see earlier this week or last week, Zuckerberg came out and said he's going to re- completely remove politics from his platform, right. and blah, blah, blah. I'm it's sure. like, I don't buy it. No. I mean, you're pressured into yeah. um, pushing a narrative here and only being the gatekeeper here. Yeah. Like we've called Zuckerberg and Dorsey the gatekeepers of information right. uh, throughout this whole cycle, but that was pushed by somebody else. That wasn't right. even their own decision. Right. Being the the elitist that they are, think like we speculated that they just think they know what's best for the country. Right. This guy thought he knew what was best, and he pressured the elitists. Yeah. He was the put the the enforcer of the elitists. He was the right. gatekeeper yeah. of the gatekeepers. <laughs> and yeah. I don't. But, know. I mean, since since Trump was inaugurated, they had been wargaming to get him out. Yeah. I mean, every lawsuit, every impeachment, yeah, every tie to Russia, whatever. I mean, they've been trying to discredit him and get him set to look like this white supremacist, authoritarian. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder how much of that was like pre pre planned. Oh, too. I'm sure all of it was because it, it was like immediately. Yeah. He was as a soon white as he as soon as he beat Hillary, they had to set him up to look that way. Yeah. Well, they were setting him up before he even like oh, yeah. I, the, the second he went down the escalator, they started. Yeah, well, I mean, they out. they tried to, you know, I mean, originally it was like, you know, um, you know, um, he was he was sexual assault, misogynistic, right, uh, grabbing women by the hoo ha, yeah, you know, and bragging about it. I mean, he was he was, and that know, that flopped majorly. Yeah. And they're like, this isn't working. What can right. we do? Like Ma- making we... making fun of the handicapped guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, they... that didn't work. Yeah, so. They hired in the big guns to yep. come in, and you, you, he, you probably saw him. He, he like, like everybody's like, he's here, he's here, and he walks in with his briefcase, and they, <laughs> you know, that dramatic shot. Yeah, I, it makes me think of uh, on Elf when the 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 midget guy, <laughs> yeah, like right. writer, comes in, and he's just walking like, oh my god, he's here. He yeah. was he was the the yeah. big guns that got hired in. Yeah, yep, that's exactly him. So okay, <laughs> I'm thinking a <of> pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? He, he said it. It must be. It must be good. Yeah. But right. Right. This was the big dog that they they brought in. This yeah. was the hired hired hitman. It worked. And it did. It did. They and they're arrogantly touting this. Yeah. Like for them to come out and release this article 
of the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 yeah. election. They're bragging. It's them bragging about yeah. manipulating an election. Yeah, and saving democracy. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. throw saving democracy on anything, it sounds oh, yeah. good. Absolutely. Bomb another country in the Middle East. We're saving democracy. Absolutely. I mean, it, that's worked for 21 years <laughs> now. <laughs> or 19 years yeah. now. Yeah. So uh, we're saving democracy. Yeah. Like, but I mean, this shadow cabinet's not going away. Oh, no. You know, and, and it's probably... I mean, people have speculated about like the shadow cabal forever. Right. They even made fun of it. Yeah. And they just come out and said, yeah, we're here, bitches. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, and, and this shadow cabinet... Is you know been contracted by the shadow cabal, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they're probably laughing about it and be oh, like, yeah. "Oh, they almost got us." <laughs> yep. But again, being the more like what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, optimistic person that I am. Yeah. My theory is that arrogance leads to your downfall. Absolutely. Like, I mean. It, if you if you're a Christian, you've read it in the Bible. Like pride leads to fall, or arrogance yeah. leads to downfall. It's in the smartest person supposedly in the Bible. Right. Um, Solomon said it. Yeah. Like arrogance will eventually, yeah. maybe not this year, maybe not in this cycle. Yeah. But this level of arrogance here of look, look what we did. Like we're just displaying this in your face. Yeah. It's going to come back on them. Well, because again, what was promised? to get people to work together. They brought in, you know, generals, mm-hmm. former politicians, business yeah. leaders. I mean, they brought in um, you know, Trump rabid Trump supporters. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I mean, there was promises made to yes. people to work together for this. For the good of democracy. And, and people got screwed over. Yeah, how, how many people they how had many promises have. were made? Exactly. Because it's not just like you can't just say, "Oh, it's for the good of democracy." Exactly. Every, like human nature. Right. What do I get? What do I get in right. return yeah. for this? Yeah, exactly. Like what? What are you promising me? And right. they had to have made promises. Yeah. Every politician makes promises, and most yeah. of them don't uphold them. Yeah. To have this level of reach, they had to have made so many promises Absolutely. to like the Black Lives Matter or the movement oh, yeah. of Black Lives. Right. I can't say Black <laughs> yeah, Lives exactly. Matter to the the rabid Trump supporters yeah. to the um the Chamber of Commerce people to the labor unions. That promises yeah. were made. Yeah. To the now, attorney general of Georgia, you know, I mean, well, it's kind of it's kind of like um, the two thousand dollars stimulus check that yeah. that Biden said to the what was the what was the state that was still oh doing, Georgia. Georgia yeah when he's like if uh, we promise you if you go blue um you will have two thousand dollars stimulus checks oh, yeah. where is that money at right it's just like people are are cashing in their chips here it's just yeah. like time to pay the piper and. Yeah. To have this level of poll, you had to have made a lot of promises. Yeah. And we even have, after this this arrogant article came out, there's even people on the left, the far left, that are outraged by this. Oh, yeah. Eric Weinstein, He's um, we talked about him a little bit. I can't remember if we talked about him or his brother. There's two Weinstein brothers. One's a podcaster. Not Harvey. Har- not Harvey, no. Um, one's a, I don't know if they both have par- podcasts, but one was a professor... Okay. In Oregon, oh, I yeah, think yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was the one that came yes. out and said that um, he had warned against the Occupy movements that were going on in the colleges, saying if we don't rein this in, this is going to spill out and be out of control. Right. And then he came out this last year and said, this is what I was warning you about back during right. the Occupy college movements. But Eric Weinstein, whichever one he is, says, wow, this is in regards to this article. He says, 
The really bad guys are congratulating themselves for successfully conspiring and gaslighting against the even worse guys. <laughs> for America, clearly I've lost the storyline. <laughs> so he's basically saying... Uh, then he goes on to say, is there no one in an institutional position of power who resembles an ethical adult? Yeah. So he's basically saying um, the really bad guys did unethical things to take down worse guys. How is that a good thing? Right. How is that like when you're coming out and arrogantly touting that you conspired against a worse person? Like, clearly, he's not a Trump supporter in right. any way because right. yeah. he called him the worst guys. Yeah. Said these really bad guys are bragging about this. Yeah. And how is this good for America? And is there anything ethical left in this country? Right. And yeah. it doesn't look like it. No. And it's funny to me how this isn't even getting any traction, really. I know. I know. Like I said, I Googled this, and I Googled that Mike Podozer's name, and there's like maybe four articles about yeah. him. There was the Times article. Yeah. Fox. I think Laura Ingram's on Fox, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she had come out with a hit piece on him after this article came yeah. out, basically the same as, like we're doing now, yeah. um, probably more conservatively yeah. than than we are. And then um, there was a couple other well, even articles his, about it. That was it. Even his Wikipedia page, there's not much on there at all. No, and I then mean, it talks about like some of the statements he made in 2018, like right. warning about whatever in yeah. the future. Not a lot about him. Yeah. In like this, I said, this article I, came out I, how long ago? I think... I think he's just the face. I, I he's yeah. not the wiz. <laughs> he's he's a nobody. Yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, think he's the the genius that we were talking if about. If if he's not, if he is a somebody, if he's as smart and a genius as they're saying, he's been really quiet, yeah. intentionally really quiet, right. like playing behind the, yeah, like behind the curtain for but, a long time. But if you are this this genius three dimensional chess player. Mm -hmm. That could come up with something like this and pre-plan. And again, Trump's not a hard guy to pre-plan against. Yes, yeah, right. But at the same time, to to come up with this and see all the different states and everything like that, would you want your name out there? Right. Would you want to well, ha get the credit for this? Yeah. Or would you prefer to stay anonymous? Because well, I know, personally, me, I'd prefer to stay behind the scenes. Well, because you're going to get a lot of people threatening your life. Well, that or you know, people wanting you to do th other things for them. Yeah, you know? right, right. Well, all these groups that he was in cahoots with, right. they all wanted to be secretive. Yeah. They they were like behind the scenes people, like secret organizations and secret programs and stuff. Just the fact that they're saying how secret they're it's just like what what a all what shady businesses right. was going on there that yeah. you can't even say who this organization was. Right. Or is it just like they're just fearing the outrage from the right and they don't right. want to um, throw their name out there, which is possible too. It is, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> in a world as split as we are, and half the country is still as outraged as they are about the election results, yeah. why this piece now? Right. right. Why this like two-hour-long read now? Yeah. Saying, look what we did. Hey guys, look. Yeah. Look. I mean, blatant arrogance again. Yeah. Like thinking that you are invincible mm -hmm. would be the first. Right option or the second option is maybe they want the outrage right maybe they want the the right to rise up and like push against this yeah. so they can push their whole domestic terrorism narrative because yeah. i mean how many 
um, right wing protests have you heard of since January 6th? Right. Yeah. None. Yeah. They're pushing this narrative that this mobilization of right wing um, oh, yeah. groups is like a uh, oh, like yeah. an insurgency. A- AOC in is scared for her life still. Yeah, but <laughs> haven't heard any of it no, since January sixth. No. I mean, they still got a fence around the Capitol building with right. armed guards. What um, was it? Twenty five thousand uh, National Guard guys are still in D.C. Yeah, yeah. So you push something like this, can't be. You can't expect that they won't be pissed off right. about something so blatantly arrogant. Yeah. So maybe you are, are trying to push them into like yeah. uh, mobilizing again. So yeah. again, we can keep pushing this anti-domestic terrorism law. Yeah. Because if people <laughs> people aren't protesting, what what do you need to enact this law for? Right. And all these like further restrictions and um, restricting people's privacy and stuff right. like that. So yeah. let's get them pissed off again. Let's get them riled up again by releasing this yeah. this long bragging yeah. article of how we, we beat them. We bested them at their game by with this secret shadow cabal that they've been talking about for a year now right. and we've yeah. been telling them doesn't exist yeah. in their right. crazy conspiracy yeah. theories. And, and all the... Trump saying about how there is this this you know conspiracy against them, and then they're coming out and be like, "He's crazy. He doesn't know yeah. what he's talking about." And then to come out and be like, "Actually, <laughs> we were gotcha. We got you again." <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like I said, two options: they think they're invincible, or they want they want the outrage. The outrage. Yeah, right. Now that I think about it, it's probably more of the latter. Right. Which again, this could turn on them really, really fast. Absolutely. Arrogance does not. Yeah. Arrogance is unbecoming. Yeah. It's it, it's going to lead to a major backlash, and sp- especially if the right gets outraged by this. Yeah. The left decides, hey, all these promises were made that you're not keeping. Now you got yeah. both sides against well, you. The left and the right. I mean, who are they going to focus that rage on? Yeah, right. Right? It's, it's going towards Biden. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the figurehead now of D- the yeah. Democratic Party. He's the face. He's yeah, the he's the face. Child. He's <laughs> the guy that, that they believe the promises were coming from. Yeah, you know? right. So maybe it was Harris that set this all up. Yeah, to oust <laughs> oust Biden. Yeah, like make him the fall guy for all this. Yeah, and then no, set, she, set she's herself. not that smart either. No, but but her puppet masters might be. That's true. Which I think is a there's a lot of puppet still. masters here. There's a lot of puppet masters. It sounds like crazy conspiracy theories, but it is right in front of our yeah. faces now. As we just went through, it's yeah. that it's out there. I'm sorry, there was a lot to unpack in this article, but I didn't feel. Like, we could just ignore this like no. everybody else was. Yeah. Because somebody has to talk about this. All right. Maybe I'm perpetuating the, the uprising that they want, but I'm pissed off about this yeah. because this is not saving democracy. No. This, this is, is the exact opposite. Yeah. It's manipulating the electorate. This is saying you guys aren't smart enough yeah, to save yourselves, right. so we got to save yeah, it for you. Exactly. Yeah. To, I mean, the sheer arrogance of saying, you know, sometimes democracy... It can't sustain itself. It needs a little push. Yeah. And right. we are the ones to push it. We exactly. are the saviors of democracy. But these are the same people that are like, you know, we need to save the planet. Yeah. You know, so you guys just aren't smart enough to live. But do you have <laughs> do you have one individual that's spearheading like I am the guy to say oh, I'm, I'm Captain sure Planet? Is. I'm sure there is, but yeah. you they haven't come out with an article saying this is the man who single handedly saved democracy. Yeah. Right. No. He, is he going to go down in history for this? No. No, it, because nobody's talking about it, right. which is interesting. Yeah. So I think we're about 
done. I think we talked about this enough. Yeah, I think uh, we combed over it. If you have a chance, read the article. Yeah. Um, it's There's more in it than what we've talked. We hit all the, the, the main spots. The key points and stuff that we found in. Yeah, but if you uh, go through it. The whole thing's interesting. No, the whole thing's interesting, yeah. I had to pull, I had to break it down. Right. I wanted to unpack this, and we we were discussing what to talk about for the show, and I'm just like, well, let's see what we can unpack here and see what other information we can find on right. it. And as I started reading, I'm like, this whole episode is just going to be unpacking yeah. this because there's just so there much here. Yeah. yeah. So if if we <laughs> dwelled on one article for too long, I'm sorry, but there's just a lot of shit yeah, here, right. and it's a lot of bullshit, yeah. and we felt it needed to be unpacked and yeah. broke down yeah. for us and for you guys and yeah. for anybody else, just, yeah. just to maybe understand what's going on here. And yeah. so... But I think we're going to get out of here for tonight. Oh, Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of days? It, you know what? <laughs> There's been no shortage of anything. World War Three. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're still missing World War Three. They we, keep we are. predicting World I War Three. I, I, you know what? This year, this year, it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm throwing we it have... out there. Put me down for <laughs> this year, fifty dollars. Yeah. Yep. What what do you think the odds are on that one this year? Because <laughs> we they've been claiming this for how many years now? It's yeah. gonna, it's going to be World War Three. The election was going to be World War Three. Well, apparently, yeah, yeah the, no civil war has happened as well, of yet. Yeah, it was because of them too. Right, right. Because oh, that's true. They saved it. Us they from saved the civil us war. from civil that's war. True. Saved wow. us from ourselves. So, man, Thank we you, have a Shadow lot to Cabal. think. Yeah, we have a lot no, to think. Should we have a Shadow Cabal day? We should. Can, can we get a Shadow Cabal cake? I, th- I think we should. <laughs> I wonder what that would look like. <laughs> yeah. All right, we are actually going to get out of here this time. So um, join us back here for the weekend wrap-up. Check us out on social medias and check out all our sponsors. Definitely go to antinewslive.com if you want to get on some uncensored social media that the Shadow Cabal has not got their hands into yet. Yet. And yeah, yet. 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 Um I don't think they'd it would take a lot to pay off my brother though. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's kind of a whore. Um, but we're gonna get out of here. Have a great week, and we will see you back here for the weekend wrap up Peace. on Sunday. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Goulash Media. On the run with Remzo W. Martinez podcast and Van Zot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next time and let us continue to invade your ear holes and as always, never stop talking. <laughs>